This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, it's all Star Wars and Karate. We review Cobra Kai Season 4 and the second episode of The Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus on this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, January 10th, 2022. This is Frank Grillo. You know me. But who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book, superhero, TV, and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Oh yeah, what's up, listener? Welcome, welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And joining us is a fella who smells like a bantha and sounds like a Tuscan Raider. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? Uh, that's my best trust right here. He's got a honk. He's gonna put uh, which one's the Bantha? Banthas is what the Tuscan Raiders ride. Like those, those big woolly things yes. that they ride. You gotta imagine they don't smell great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Big yeah, woolly yeah. elephant mammoths. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they look like my butthole. Yes. <laughs> Guy's got a Bantha butthole and uh makes my Bantha hole. Makes Tuscan Raider sounds during sex. That's Play the uh, I stick it up my asshole. Oh, I stick it up my asshole. Early, there you but go. There we oh. go. I had there another spot I was gonna use that and it actually comes up later in a comment. So oh. great synergy <laughs> there, Anthony. Let's just get to it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. We got two reviews this episode. Uh we're gonna start in the Star Wars universe, the book of Boba Fett. Episode two, this one titled Chapter Two, The Tribes of Tatooine. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, this one, again, written by the John Favreau. And this one directed by Steph Green, who has directed a lot of fun episodes of uh, some good shows like The Watchmen, Man in the High Castle, Luke Cage. She did an episode of Preacher. The Americans. Uh, so she has a lot of television experience. Anthony. Yes. Uh, what happened? Tell us in your best Star Wars awareness uh, lingo. What happens in chapter two? Boba Fett is trying to figure out who attacked him. And he's visiting the senator, right? Mayor. The mayor. mayor. The mayor. The mayor who has a, a trunk. <laughs> well, it's his, nose. it's his head. Yeah, I don't know what alien. that is. What the, what the hell that was? <laughs> his mouths are on the side. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, and his and eyes his, like, are on is, top. He's got like a snail head. I'll tell yeah. you what alien that is in a second. Yes, yeah, and he he kind of figures out that there's more to this than meets the eye. And actually, my prediction last week came to be true already. What was the prediction? That Jabba Huts would show up. Oh, the um, Huts! Yes, yeah. geek boner. Or I said I asked you guys if right. they show up. All right, right. And, so then, yeah. and then along with that, we get a flashback with uh, more of Boba Fett ingratiating himself to the Tusken Raiders, dances with wolves style. Yeah, 
really dances. Lawrence of Arabia style. And Lawrence of Arabia. A lot of references. Uh, Yeah, you know what? A lot better episode this week. I got to say. It's an improvement. uh, uh, This episode had everything. It had uh, Tusken Raiders. It had a great train action scene. It had nose lizards getting you high. It had the huts. It had a badass Wookiee. Oh, my God. There was a lot going on. Oh, yeah. People were freaking out about that Wookiee. No, yeah, that was the coolest part of the whole episode other than the train thing. Let's so let's talk about uh it's kind of like the, it starts with the present two then, stories. Yes, and then the majority of it is this flashback. Let's start with what happened in the present cuz there is some important things we find out that assassin was sent. He is part of the order of the night wind and I know there's a fart joke in there somewhere. I just haven't found it yet. <laughs> the night wind he's a night farter oh yeah. yeah you know how you have all the walking farts this guy just farts in his yeah, sleep if you if you ever like uh have a girl passed out in your bed and all of a sudden the night wind comes <laughs> the night wind comes it's not they're, unco- they're, they're out they don't know they're doing it <laughs> there we go we found the <laughs> fart joke excellent uh and i love the moment where she threatens the dude to put him in the rancor pit because again a lot of a lot of callbacks to return of the jedi Oh, when they're t- when they're trying to get information out of the guy. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, he doesn't talk, and she's like, maybe I'll talk about our rancor, and it's and it's shot a lot like the first step, like Return of the Jedi. But uh, if you, I watch- got one comment on yes, that. yes. They make it like seem like these guys are, they never talk, and they're such great warriors or assassins or whatever. But to me, they just come off like dweebs. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. He gave up with the, the night wind. Yeah, the night. The wind. guy that gave up all the information. Yeah, yeah they suck. They, they they're not. They, maybe on purpose, but they don't. They're not very badass at all. No, no. They know a little parkour. That's about it. I mean, I don't know what's so <laughs> impressive about these guys. Rex, what did you think of? Did you think we would see like another rancor? Because if you watch Jedi, you remember obviously Luke killed that fucking rancor in that one bad batch. They saved yeah. that rancor. There's a baby rancor in, there is in bad a, batch. Yeah, there is a baby rancor. So at first I was like, oh shit, is and there I another think rancor? That, um, what's his name with the lobes? Got him. What's his name? The guy who the guy who Boba Fett killed when he took over. Yeah, oh, Bib Fortuna. Yeah, Bib Fortuna. That was his fucking name. So maybe there's a rancor around there, but the thing was empty. But that, so that was kind of fun. They should get the little rancor, the baby rancor. Yeah, put the baby rancor. So that guy gives up the mare. He'll still fuck you up. Oh, absolutely. It's still scary. He was cute, but he'll still fucking eat you. Uh, he sa- he sends him to the mare. He says the mare sent us, and they take him there. The mare, that alien, apparently, Anthony, is called an Ithorian. Mak Shais oh, is his name. Oh. He is the mayor of Mas That was strange, but he looked good. Yeah. Like, good as in they pulled it off well, but I don't. I don't, he didn't look good. I wonder if it was practical effects. It did look good. Now, I'll talk to you about something that didn't look good. It was the fucking job. Let's get to that, because then he steps outside, and we hear drums, and you see these dudes carrying a litter. There's all this talk about a litter. We finally see the litter. It's the thing, you know, uh, ancient kings used to uh, be regal, being carried in on a platform. Right. And on their ancient rugs, kings and P Diddy and P Diddy and Egyptians and some other. <laughs> what do we see on this litter rugs? Two big fat slugs, <laughs> aka the huts. Yes, these are the twins, twin cousins of Jabba the Hut. Uh, which was cool to see huts, but yeah, the CGI they. Those things would be weighing, they'd be weighing tons. You'd need a lot more people to carry them around. Yeah, there's like five guys. There's just five guys holding them up, and there's two of these fat fucks on here. Yeah, that doesn't, didn't seem very realistic, but that was like, that part of the episode was like, eh, 
it was going to put that load like subpar, but they, um, somebody, uh, I read this article on screen rant and their argument was like the huts should never be CGI. If you're going to do huts, do it practical or just invent a new creature. Uh, in return of the Jedi, I think it took like nine puppeteers to work uh, Jabba, and there's some great old documentaries made back in the 80s, and they show you the work, and it's amazing, and it looks great. It has more weight, and these things, yeah, they're missing a little bit of the weight. I think you could make a Jabba in CG that looks very good. Uh, they just didn't do it. How'd that look to you, Anthony? Was it Did that bother you? Uh, it looked all right. Like I the CG dog thing. Like, you ever see a CG dog that's done? They looked bad. Like yeah. really bad, and yeah. then every once in a while, I'll see when hey, that looks almost real. Like I could have, like not, you know, it, you could have passed that one by me. So it's all about. It's possible to do a job of the hut or a hut properly. They just didn't do it. And okay, and then comes the moment where the fucking most badass looking fucking Wookie walks around the side, and I was like, "Holy shit, who is this guy?" Uh, Anthony thought comments on seeing that guy. Did he look intimidating? He looked fucking scary. Yeah, he looked. He looked. I was like, oh man, that's a looking like a badass Wookiee. And then I looked him up. Like he he was enough for me to go. Okay, let me look up this character. Who is this guy? And what apparently there's you, a lot of history there. What's his name? Do you know? Black Kristen. <laughs> so a lot of people are calling him. Uh, his name is Brian Cranston. No, wait, that's not it. It's <laughs> that, Black that's great. Cranston, Cranston. Some people are calling him Black Cranston, but it's, that's even better. But that's not how it's spelled. It's spelled K R R S A N T A N. So Black Cranston or Black K or B K. He's got a lot of nicknames. Uh, but this guy's got history. He yeah, comes, apparently they've worked together. Yes, Baba and him. He's from the comics. Yes, he's from the comics. First introduced in 2015 in Darth Vader number one. I think I have that because when they started putting out, when Force Awakens came out, they put out all these comic books that were set like in the original trilogy and I was buying all the first issues. I think I also own them. Yeah, so, so that one is, I, I saw it selling uh, for a, a collectible price now. It's a little because of the black Brian Cranston being in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, he is a disgraced Wookiee who's become a gladiator. He's also worked for Darth Vader the same time Boba Fett worked for Darth Vader in the original trilogy era. So they do know each other. They were was co-workers. He, was he ever in the, the, like, is this the first time we've ever seen him on screen? In any is, yes. Yes. His yes? first okay. live action appearance. But holy- what does Ruggs know about him? Does Ruggs know anything? I don't know shit about him. I oh, just okay. know that he was in the comics and I didn't read those comics. I bought them, but I never read them. It's a deep cut from the comics. But mm. like, I've known of like cool ass Wookiees, you know, from other things and video games and shit. Um, they're in there. So it's, I don't think this particular character has been in the video games, but there's been badass Wookiees and I'll be like, Oh shit, we need to see this. He's also a so, uh, friend worked with this Dr. Afro, which is another character made in the comics that may show up at some point. It's a very popular. Yeah, character. Yeah. People like Dr. Afra. This guy's got fucking shoulder, uh, uh, what are those fucking what are those pointy things shoulder called? pads with, shoulder with pads, spikes on them with spi- yeah spiky shoulder pads apparently his knuckles are like titanium he's got brass he's knuckles just like demolition from the wwe or oh. the ucw <laughs> i don't remember demolition Le- Le- uh yes demolition or Le- legion, legion of doom, of doom. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's got a big badass rifle and he just gives him a look 
Yeah, so well, they, I guess they've worked together, right? And yes. How did he got the scar from Boba Fett? Maybe I don't remember. Possibly he's tangled with uh, Chewbacca and Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, basically, when Darth Vader sent Boba to find out who stole the Death Star plans, could I go find Luke? He sent uh, Brian Cranston to go uh, find someone who the Emperor was interested in. Also, but they were they were fucking coworkers, and he worked for Jabba. And now he works for the twins. So, but and uh, base and then I don't know where this is going to go because the twins are like, uh, this is our land now. We're Jabba's cousins. We could take this over. And and Bobo's like, no, no, I'm in charge. And then they're like, bloodshed is bad for business. We'll figure this out at a later date. By the way, here's our Brian Cranston. And then they just leave <laughs> Brian Cranston. That's gladiator. Yeah, he's a gladiator Wookiee. So, you know, he's badass. Yeah, I mean. Definitely at least an adversary now that uh, Boba Fett can tangle with physically, even though so he's, he's the big bad. bad, you think? Or he's are you thinking, think he's going to turn to the, the Boba side? I think he's just the heavy that they they have a showdown in like maybe the penultimate episode. Oh, he's the muscle. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see him again. See, one of the things that I don't understand about this whole Boba Fett thing is he goes and kills Bib Fortuna, you know, clears out everybody that's in there. And then, but he just has like three people working with him. He's taking on the whole entire planet, yeah. Yeah. the whole underground with three people. I'm like, when is Boba gonna go round up these these um, you know Tuscan Raiders to be his army? Like that's what I mean. That's what they're leading up to. But yeah. I mean, I just find it, I just find it very grating that oh, this dude's gonna try and like take over a crime family with three people. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's working. De- it's definitely gonna be. That episode where he's down in the dumps and they maybe he's like they're beaten and then also the Tuscan Raiders show up like this is very queued up for that. It's yeah. not very intimidating just to have three people and clearly the people in Mos Espa they still you know they were used to the huts and their rule and they still respect the hut so he's gonna have to impress them or I love the part where he's like where Fennec Shan is like you want to kill them you're gonna have to get permission like it's the fucking mob you know you can't mm-hmm. fucking kill a maid guy unless you get permission. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, the first half of this episode isn't as interesting as the second half. No, for sure. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like there was they're withholding too many of the their cards here. They're like they're like we're going to do this thing where this guy takes over a crime, and we're going to do it in the most like kind of pared down way yeah, possible. Yeah. And so, it, and then you you go on the flip side of the of the other part of the flashback episode, um, where you know, and they kind of th- like threw a lot of shit in there. There's some cool shit in there. Before we get to the, the, the three quarters of this episode is this flashback story and a lot of great shit happens and it does inform the way Boba maybe will be leading in Mos Espa. Before we do that, I got to tell the listener, you want to get involved, join the conversation, join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It is an exclusive closed group just for you, listener. We're all in there. And holy shit, I got to welcome a bunch of people. A lot a, of people. A lot of people joined in the last like day and a half. And some fun names in here. Welcome to the Facebook group. Jonathan Nichols, Esteban Cavazos, Zach Cooper, Lorenzo Nicholas Ordonez, uh, Bumper Schultz. That's that's a great name. This guy probably takes wins for best name. Robbie Spliff Dog Mays. Oh, shit. Welcome, Spliff Dog. Glad you could be here. And Shane Merillat all joining the group. 
Nice. Thanks for joining. We're almost at like 500 people in this group, which is really? Yeah, which is crazy. Wow. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy the group. Geek out. Everyone has welcomed them. All hail Justin Zwerner. I mean, me. Never mind. <laughs> they already got that. Uh, okay. So the rest of this episode is this flashback. And the flashback basically is Boba learning their ways and him teaching them how to do stuff. And him setting up the Tusken Raiders to, uh, you know, have some agency in the desert. And they gave so much depth to these Tusken Raiders that I kind of love the Tusken Raiders now. Like, I didn't know that we learned about their culture and their ways and how you get uh, your awesome stick uh, and their loyalty. Uh, what What are some of the parts that stuck out to you what guys? What did you learn about them, Ryan? I'm curious to know. Well... You they, said it. I gotta bang uh, it up. They have a process for becoming a, a raider and getting your robes and getting your stick. And once, you know, he helps them uh kind of open up a, a toll road in the desert, so they got paid at instead of getting shot at. Uh they send him on a little ayahuasca trip. It's like they he's eating peyote and he trips balls. Which is great. <laughs> I've never seen anyone in Star Wars like get high. Why did you think that they wanted him to have the lizard up his nose to be guided to? Like what what, what was that? What did that end up doing, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. He went and he saw a tree that maybe was there or wasn't there, but that was surrounded by water. He came back with a branch. Came back with a branch? Wasn't, I don't know. What, I, wasn't he saw something in that vision that was part of his life? I forgot. He saw his himself as a kid holding his dad, Jangle yeah. Fett's helmet, but then he saw his face, his older face in there. Yeah. Uh, so, That's what it was. Yeah. It's, so it kind of reminds me of like the in the Star Wars where the guys go on the little introspective journey and they see themselves in the shattered helmets they've done that several times it reminded me of when rogan talks about his dmt trips with people for yes the first time. Yeah, it's for definitely sure. like an ayahuasca trip yeah, yeah, yeah and so here was my joke anthony where would you put this lizard i stick it up my asshole oh that's interesting oh, gotcha that would probably also work i, I thought this uh, the second half of this episode was pretty good i was actually like okay i'm i'm actually entertained by this now i'm you know not converting to star wars but i was like this is not a bad way to spend the last 20 minutes of uh, of this Star Wars episode. I'm, I said it earlier. It, was, it felt like Dances with Wolves. You guys said Lawrence of Arabia. But it's the whole uh, white savior thing. But it works because this guy's yeah. Maori. He's yeah. from New Zealand. So yeah, he's, not, he's not actually saving anything because he's yeah. not white. Yeah. Um, or he's not a white savior. He's a, he is kind of saving them a little bit. They're like learning from each other. It's yeah, they're the same story that we see yeah. all the time and yeah. a lot of different things. But it was it was kind of charming. And I felt like the Tuscan Raiders were charming and. Um, the scene in the bar, I actually felt for the first time that his fat ass could actually move a little bit. Oh, you thought that with the, with the biker gang? Yeah, I thought they, they shot it well enough where I was like, okay, I'll get over that he's fat for this little well, episode. Yeah, right. It's key. Direction is key when you have to like shoot around a person yeah. who may be a little bit older yeah. that, you know, that you might not you know, use a stunt double, blah, blah, blah. So if you do it right, it, it could still be impactful. You could, I, as I said, I, it's a movie I'm going to talk about a little bit later that has an old actor and they made him look super badass in it. And um, it's just all directions So how you where you put the camera and how yeah. you use it. No, you see shots of where like the guys just like the biker gang is just getting thrown through the window. Right. You don't see him <laughs> throw him through the window, but you assume that he threw him through the window and it kind of works to make him badass. Uh, this whole scene, there's lots of deep, uh, deep cut Easter eggs. This is Tashi Station, where this biker gang is. Tashi Station was referenced by 
Luke in the first movie a throwaway line. He's like, I'm supposed to go to Tashi Station to pick up the things. And he never gets there. Also, there's a deleted scene from Star Wars A New Hope where he does go to Tashi Station and he meets two friends, Cammy and Fixer. That couple in the bar is Cammy and Fixer from the deleted scene from A New Way Hope. Geek I like how they did that. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I saw that in a video that someone had figured that out. Oh, and that's pretty fucking cool. They really like, you know, they're they're deep. They're digging into those old movies and seeing whatever they can pull out, you know, for like little uh, Easter eggs. There's a lot tons of, good of shit. Easter eggs. Are the uh, what's the deal with the train people? Oh, so the train- why is there a random train that runs back and forth and just shoots? Oh, I get it. I forgot. It's they're doing the spices and they're trying to like they're not doing these spice people. runs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were doing straight up like we don't even care. We're just doing Dune right here. Yes. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is one example where George Lucas blatantly ripped off Dune. Didn't even bother to change the name of the thing. He's yeah, like, like Tatooine is clearly like a Arrakis like right. variation. So the, ra- the Raiders are the, uh, the Fremen. Fremen, yes. right? But you change the name, and in this case, George is like, you know what? Nobody's read this book. I'm just gonna call it Spice. Nobody knows. But that is also a reference to Han Solo because they're like uh, Spice from Kessel. That was the Kessel Run. Han Solo used to be a Spice runner. Uh, that's the Pike Syndicate. Those aliens we have seen them in the Solo movie. They were and in Clone Wars, you've seen these Pike syndicates. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of love it. he lets them live. He makes them walk. But he's like, now you're going to pay a toll to get through here and we will protect you. So he's learning how to be a mob boss. The, the, the montage where they're learning how to ride the speeders was so great. It was so funny. It Watch, was good. Watching that guy try to jump from one speeder to another looks a lot harder than it looks, I guess. And just wiping out. That was a cool scene, though. They they really did a lot with that train scene. It was kind of, you know, it was it was like almost felt like a movie. Holy yeah, shit. I, I yeah. was going to say the same thing. It, it, it didn't feel like a TV show at all. The way they shoot those scenes, other than the job of the hut, which I'll agree wasn't up to par. Everything else for a TV show. I mean, it doesn't it seems sometimes it, it, I felt like it seemed better than this one. The stuff that Marvel puts out. I mean, they have better probably backgrounds than some of the Marvel TV I mean, shows. Those those scenes on the the bikes or whatever the fuck you call them. I mean, they were they were really well done. The speeder bikes are dope. And, and another, it's another one where I'm like, his fat ass probably shouldn't be riding that bike. But I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll go with it. He's riding this fucking thing. The train scene's super exciting, uh, and I just love how he gets when he gets to the front of the train. The fucking droid is like, I'm out. And just jumps out and then crawls <laughs> and the away. Spiders out. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm sorry. I'm out. Uh, but they, he gets them, you know, he gets them water. Now they have weapons, uh, and now they have uh, a little bit of power and, uh, respect, uh, once this, once this spreads. Are we going to see Tusken Raiders without their helmets? You know, I don't know. I did see another article. How about in the comics, some of the, uh, images, some of the ways they've showed them. And, uh, some of them just have like face paint on and then. Another version is just like this horrible alien face with teeth, and it's all disintegrated. Do you do you think they'll take wanna, off their mask? I don't want to see them in the la- the second the last episode of the second season, and shed a tear as Boba Fett uh, run goes away for the rest of his life. <laughs> Wait, what? Didn't they do that already? Sounds like something that happened in Mandalorian. Yeah, that was the Mandalorian. You yeah. know what though? This whole plotline also has happened they, in the Mandalorian. They take off their masks, and it's and 
Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and, and Luke are, are there. <laughs> oh, God. As force ghosts or something. They're, the, they're all, yeah, they're all, they're all still there. Remember season two of Mando? He got the Tusken Raiders to help him stop a thing also. the Or they teamed up to stop, get that dragon. I actually uh, don't remember. It's, but yeah. ki- it's kind of it's similar. Is it similar? He liked the, they like the Tusken Raiders, huh? I, I, no, I'm saying like the, the show really yeah, like, is the show like we want to we really want to give some depth to these guys. I feel like it is like a Dune parallel and it'd be funny to bring it. I think it's like, let's bring it to light that, you know, you know, that we're aping Dune. <laughs> let's not run away from it. Let's fucking lean into it. Yeah, they're, they don't care. They're they're like, yeah, this is Dune. Yeah, they're like Dune's never going to have what Star Wars has. <laughs> <We're>, yeah. <laughs> They're, ba- no yeah, they're basically like Dune might have made a little bit of money, but no one, no one cares about Dune. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> we watching. Cl- we blatantly ripped yeah, it. N- no one wants to be a sandworm. <laughs> yeah. We are a better Dune, and we don't give a fuck. Yeah, we, we the throne, the throne is too uh, is unreachable for Dune to get we, to this. We level. did Dune only better. Yeah, we put fucking swords instead of these little knives. <laughs> Got rid of the fucking shields. Uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting. We find out Tatooine used to have water and it dried up. But I think the Tusken Raiders up until this point, you didn't really know them. You just thought they were like one note, dangerous sand creatures that would just shoot you for no reason. I love this learning about them and, and seeing their pets and seeing this ritual. Like, this is fucking great. And the costumes look great. They must be hot as fuck in the desert wearing all that shit. But I don't know. Maybe it ventilates from the back. I don't think they're in the desert. Imran. They're not really in the desert. <laughs> no. But I'm saying they live oh, in the desert. If, if so. this was real. Yeah. Yes. yes, what, yes. The, what do you mean if it was real? <laughs> this happened long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's all. It just <laughs> wasn't here. But there's where we get the uh, the nose of the lizard uh, tripping scene. And then he makes the cool stick and he comes out in the robes. He's all badass. Um, yeah. I thought that was made out of metal and not wood. But that's interesting. Well, it's hardened. It's like metal and wood. And then you, they, you know, they put it in the fire to petrify it, I guess. So it's they did a good job given those characters that don't speak anything, anything intelligible, right? right. Like good personality. I even like the, the little kid that was like yeah. the watch guy and yeah. all that. You showed him how to signal him with the mirror. I feel like it's good storytelling, but at the same time, it wears on me a little bit. Why is that? With you. Why? Because yeah. I want. I think I want more out of these characters than than, than grunting. You know, oh. but <laughs> honk, gotcha. honk. Like, That's all they say. <laughs> no, but you get them by by their movements. You know, the guys just stand there and they nod. But you have acceptance. no facial expression, right? And you have no words. Yeah. So it's it's, it's like you're losing two very important things that are of expression. So it's kind of like okay, it's cool, but like, how long can we do this? Yeah, you still get it though. Like you get what's going on. You know, I love that the end how they're doing. They got like flows with the stick. It's like karate stick flows, and they all join and they're doing the moves. Like that's great. It's a very Native American tribe thing, also. You know, yeah, no, uh, it definitely felt like definitely felt like that. They were going for that. Vibe. I mean, the show ever since. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about stories, but ever ever since I've been watching Mandalorian and this, they've been going the whole like Western vibe. Yeah, yeah. Slash. Now they're going like Western, you know, uh, tribal thing. Like they're doing the. They're really obsessed with that. It works though for this. I don't know. Yeah, it uh, does. Yeah, it's like a new new gunslinger boss in town, right? And but I think we're seeing not, how, not really focusing on the space, right? The stars yeah. too much. No, more, there's no more stars. On Earth or no, whatever the planet they're on. There's no war. There's no star in the Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but I like how we're seeing how he is learning, you know, to be a, 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 a kind of a mob boss and leader. This is really him changing, like. He's got this. He was like this badass evil guy, 
And now they have turned him into a heroic. I hope they maintain some of his edge and some of his darkness. Like he just kills. I just need him to kill. Would you want to see a young, a young Boba Fett show? Oh, where he has like no morals and no scruples and maybe adventures with him and Brian Cranston would be amazing. He has like a, I, I remember Black he had a Cranston. pretty cool crew in um, the Clone Wars oh, series, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was like a little kid. He was maybe like 12 years old and he had like a crew and he was fucking running missions with them. And I, I'd like to see where he gets his armor and um and like when he f- first starts becoming like the 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 legend of Bo- the oh, legendary shit. that's Boba. not bad that would be you, cool you want to see him when he was 20 to 30 pounds less <laughs> yes when he's slim <laughs> and trim maybe and not and when, not falling down the sarlacc pin going ah! <laughs> yeah <laughs> when he was about he was about getting all the girls and getting all the guns you know <laughs> i'm boba fed bitches come here yeah he's got a harem with but, him but but when he I always I've asked this before, but when he takes off his mask, he's a clone of someone else, right? Yes, they're all clones. Django Fett was the original. So does he go I'm Boba Fett or does he play off that he's Django Fett when he's out picking up people? Oh. That's a good idea. That's a good like point. was Django Fett a stud or like was Django Fett such like a, a loser that he has to keep his helmet helmet on? No, Django Fett was badass. He yeah. him and Obi Wan fought and okay. he held his own against Obi Wan. Oh speaking of Obi Wan, I've read something I don't know what it was, but they were like I think it was a Black Kristen thing. <laughs> yes, they're like, Black Cranston. This might be tying in eventually to Obi Wan. He could show up there. Yeah, right. Yeah, he is. He is. They have. He's tangled. had some encounters with yes. that guy. Yes, with Black Kristen. Black Kristen. I yeah. turned him into a girl. Uh, black. Uh, it's kind of I racist, we, isn't it? <laughs> Just I label know. him Black Kristen. Why is the black Wookiee <laughs> the bad one? I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Just why is it got? We don't be? know that he's gonna be bad. No, we don't know. We just know that he's badass and he's the fucking. He's just uh, he's just a Wookiee in in Rob Layfield designed clothes. <laughs> he has a lot of pouches and spikes. Yeah, and a giant gun that's way too big. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm gonna share some comments from our Facebook group that I mentioned earlier. Before I do that, listener, you should also know we have a T Public shop where you can buy awesome T-shirts, hoodies, stuff with our logo with Rugboy's face on it. Face masks, laptop cases, lots of cool things. Visit jockiner.com slash shop to get some cool hipster niche swag today. Stuff that people are going to be like, what is that? Let me that? see what's on that shop. What is that? What are you wearing? I don't know what it. that is. Pick I don't out- see what our merch is that looking like these days. <laughs> it just it looks the same. I haven't made any new things in a while. I, I should. It's okay. You, I'll make some stuff. Okay, you make some stuff. Oh, whoa, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay, we'll get some, some new, original Rugboy yeah. art on uh, t-shirts and stickers. And yeah, stuff. I'm just going to dip my face in ink and just smack it. On I think that's it. Just strap a <laughs> marker to that felty hand and flail around. What if I just did like a teeth impression of my six teeth? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, we good. <laughs> That'd right. be fine. Okay. Uh, I'm derailing the show. Daryl K. Listener Daryl K. commented, can't believe the review of episode one missed the obvious joke, Boba Fett. Uh, I believe we opened the episode with the Boba Fett joke, Daryl. I think I said Boba Fett like 30 times. Yes, I think we covered that. So I, I was going to say that 
I don't know if we we probably did, but I was we gonna, had to, I was gonna I was gonna cover it and be like it's such low hanging fruit that it we was, didn't say. It. I think it was the first. It was the that's intro. all I do is low hanging. Yeah, the no, that's these two. Is, yeah, YouTube <laughs> for sure. Girl okay, also fruit. says episode two is definitely better. The review of the lizard trip definitely needs at least one Tony. I stick it up my asshole. Soundbite covered that. Favreau and Filoni need to teach the Marvel people how to write for episodic TV. I kind of love this comment because this is my gripe with the Marvel shows. Compared to this, yes, Mandalorian, these shows, this is episodic TV, whereas I feel like I'm watching parts of a long movie just cut up into, uh, you know, six to eight pieces with the Marvel shows instead of a more thoughtful episodic arc. What do you think? I like them both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I like I like aspects of both, too. I, I, I think the Marvel shows, there's a lot of similarities between them, but there's also a lot of differences like WandaVision for me felt episodic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I mean, the, the Marvel shows are all created by like f- all different people with That's Favreau true. running That's it. Whereas true. this is all under one guy. Yeah. Favreau Filoni. One vision. Yeah. So, but you know, there's, there's, I think each episode is good and bad. Like each, it's week by week. So there's some episodes I think are better than others. Yeah. You know, fair enough. Joe Henry, big Star Wars guy. Oh Big yeah, yeah, Star Wars. What's uh, Joe Henry is uh, Vitiligo Dick. My Vitiligo brother from another <laughs> mother, Vitiligo Dick. Yes, that's Joe Henry. Oh, I'm glad you remember these things. Actually, I'm kind of impressed. Hey man, anyone's got Vitiligo on their dick? Listen, you have Vitiligo. Besides Imran, Besides yeah, Imran, I have it. I'm that's gonna something, remember. Something we share. If you got Vitiligo, <laughs> you know, 80% is on your dick. But Joe Henry's a big Star Wars fan. Says now we know how Fett obtained his Gaddafi stick. Uh, great episode, in my opinion. Gaddafi? Gaddafi. That's what that thing's called. He stole it from Momar Gaddafi. Oh, no, it's called Gaddafi stick. Okay. <laughs> Gaddafi? Yeah, it's, ba- it's a Libyan warlord. No, the, okay. the, the Tuscan Raider stick is called the Gaddafi stick. It's, it's the same thing. That's the same way it's Kad- pronounced, right? Kad- Kad- no, Momar was like a Q, Gaddafi. Oh, yeah, it's Gaffy stick. Gaff- or it's a Gaffy stick. Joe Henry wrote this. He knows it's Star Wars. Maybe <laughs> it is a gaffy stick. I don't know. Joe St. John says a much less linear plot than other Disney Plus shows I found so far. But honestly, I could watch Favreau and Filoni's Star Wars exposition and approach all day. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. Joe loves it. Chris Williams says that's one badass looking Wookiee. To which Blake Braden replies, shit, I'd be pissing my pants if I were to fight one of these. Yes. And then Nick Chev. Definitely an improvement over episode one, but I'm still let down that those huts were not practical agree, effects. Yeah, the huts, if you're going to do a hut, you got to get into the puppetry. You need 10 people. Or use pizza. If you didn't or see. use a giant pizza the hut. Yeah. Pizza the hut. But I'm glad. I, yeah, I kind of, I really dug this episode. I was, yeah, I thought it was a lot better. I was a I'm lot I'm hoping better. that it keeps continuing to be better each episode because, yeah, like that first episode did not get me hyped at all. I was like, oh, well, it sounds like you're you're still a little iffy on the actual main present day plot. Yeah, and I'm wondering what the ratio of present day to flashbacks will be moving forward. I don't want this to be the Arrow season one. I want. I hated that. It's a little. Remember that? It's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. That was the gimmick of that show. Was I don't like that half gimmick. of it was fucking flashback, and it would slow down the momentum and take you out and put you in this other storyline. But they had to try to like m- parallel the storylines. Well, when. The flashback supersedes the actual show. Yeah, this should, this is all flashbacks. Like, and it feels like, like, um, 
nothing can happen really that's going to add to the lore because I feel like it's not enough time. I think this is right before we beat Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, right? This Correct. all this shit happened. Correct. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, he this is he's walking around like he's walking around in the black robe. He's yep, got the he's stick. Got the, yeah. He's doesn't have his armor. Maybe yep. he's looking for it, but he you know, can't get it or whatever, but I don't know. I feel like that there's much more interesting Boba Fett stuff than this to go to. If you're going to go to a flashback. No, I mean, I, I agree. I'm I'm kind of like, I love this Tuscan Raider stuff. It surprises me, but I'm kind of more into the present. I want to know the present day stuff. I want to see how he, he wrangles this shit. Day one of the episode, we already know what's going to happen, though, right? Where these Tuscan Raiders are going to rally to his defense and going to save him in the end. Save him from who? The Huts? Yeah. Brian the Cranston? Huts when they send When they send Brian Cranston <laughs> and the heavies to go get him. That's what they're gonna. They're gonna either need the rancor, because they dangled that around. Oh, the we rancor the, may show. We know up, that yeah. the rancor exists, and we got these. Uh, you know, we got these other this like mini army that he has that he's been running shit with. They know how to ride fucking. See, this is all building. Yeah, like, they know how to fucking use technology. They right. know how to fucking use the fucking scooters. Uh, you know, got they know fucking to, weapons and laser rifles and shit. Yeah, now. so they're gonna come swooping in when he makes that call. He's gonna go. I guarantee you, he's gonna grab like a conch and like oh, go yeah. to the top of the hill and go. And then they're gonna come running. <laughs> and then they fucking come on their. Or bandits. you know what's gonna happen? The, by the end, one of those Tuscan Raiders is gonna say, "Boba Fett." Oh, he's gonna talk. Oh my god, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be disturbing. Wow, they actually they're going to they're, they're do the we are a group thing. <laughs> they just say Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah, they, they're going to say something else. They're going to say Boba, Boba. Fett. Oh, their first words were Boba. That's so cute. I wish I hope my baby's first word is Boba. <laughs> uh, but I hope that this show is not that predictable. I'm looking forward to more surprises and more action. When, I'm wondering, when is this show going to produce a toy that everyone can love? Ah, what do we have so far? Nothing much. The Mandalorian produced in the first episode, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Baby Rancor. Oh, baby, it could be Baby Rancor. Not as cute. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. The you think ba- the twins? Maybe the twins. Those oh, Boba Fett twins. Jabba, Black, Cran- Jabba Hutt twins. Black yeah. Cranston. Give me a Black Cranston toy. Oh, yeah. Did they make a Black Cranston? They probably no, have already I don't a Black Cranston. No? But that is a good question because the merch from Baby Yoda probably paid for the entire production of the first two seasons. Baby and then Yoda some. was such Holy a shit. icon yeah. right off the bat for yeah. that show. Unbelievable how that fucking... They rode that wave for a while. Uh, it was crazy how it got so big and everybody has a Baby Yoda something now. Maybe that's probably... I mean, I, I think it's deeper than that, but I think a lot of the lack of enthusiasm off that first show was because there wasn't an awesome reveal like we got in the first Mandalorian. Yeah, the first Mandalorian episode like hooked you in great and brought it, but that that show really needed to do it. It was their first right. first time out. First first Star Wars show. I think this is different. He's going to go a slower uh, measured pace and build up to some crazy shit. Yeah, they're definitely doing some different. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get a new costume at the end of this like the Mandalorian did? He got new armor. You know, he was had like that red armor in the beginning. His armor is pretty dinged up and scratched. Maybe he does get some fresh armor. Hmm. You know what they got to show in this is how he got the ding in the helmet. He got it from that an alien, like a blue alien with red eyes and or something. He had that already in the trilogy? Yeah, he got that from a, 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 there's a legend that he fought 
one of the guys from the Clone Wars. He's that alien oh. that wears a cowboy hat. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Cade something, right? Yes. He might show up. Yeah. He's also a bounty hunter, that guy. Yeah, that would be cool to see yeah. in like live action. You know what? I would love to see more bounty hunters. Maybe there's, you know, bounty hunters are upset. Yeah, where's Snaggletooth, goddammit? Is the, he a bounty hunter? There's more bounty hunters. Where Are they going to show up? He, you know, does he need their help? Could he call on them for help? We know that, well, uh, let's see the, the Star Wars bounty hunters. Let's do a look, uh, a little looky up. There's, there is a bunch of them. We know that Bosk is one of those lizard guys. Oh, right. The, and you got showed up. There's like a, a lot of droids. There's that like cool looking droid with, that's kind of looks like C3PO with like a bug face. That's about he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, here we go. Every b- bounty hunter in the Star Wars movies. There's a lot. Jesus. So Asad, oh, Ventress, is she dead or alive? Aromay Isolo. Look at that guy. That's crazy looking. They got crazy names like Axtagrin and uh, so this girl, Aura Singh. She was part of Boba Fett's posse. Oh, there was that bounty hunter in Return of the Jedi that Leia dressed up as with the thermal detonator. Yeah, Boosh. Yeah. Boosh. Her name's Boosh. <laughs> These names. Balduga. That's one of the guys. See, Balduga is the guy that looks like uh, the mayor. Oh, uh, like he's a vagina sa- face. Yes, Balduga. Yeah. He's the same Ethorian. And there's Cad Bane, not Cade. Cad, Cad Bane. There he is. That's the, the, guy. Al- the blue alien with the red eyes. He's is cool the, with the cowboy hat. Yeah, he's got like for some reason he's got breathing apparatus on the side of his face. Maybe his nostrils are there. That's where his nostrils are. Carabis. These names are amazing. Castus, Cato Parasiti, Chata Yoki, Debnoli. He sounds. <laughs> he sounds like a snack. Jazpur. Uh, anyways, lots of bounty hunters. Maybe we'll see them. Fongdo. Fongdo. I love Fongdo <laughs> from this restaurant down the street. It's, uh, they put fresh ginger Hoogans. and garlic. Jacoli. Greedo is a bounty hunter. IG-11. Bring him back. We're just naming stupid shit. That <laughs> We're no just one saying knows. Star Wars names now. Mantu. This one sounds like a, a, mem- a member of Imran's family, Rumi Paramita. Oh, <laughs> was, yeah, that's my second cousin. Yeah, she just uh, had a birthday. Uh, Rumi. Hi, Rumi. Uh, anyways, that's uh, that's it for the Boba Fett. We're uh, better episode. You can cut all of this. This is just <laughs> we got a lot of body hunters. Maybe we'll see more. Let's take a quick break here. Play some promos, and we're going to come back and dive into the Miyagi-verse, because you know what? It's karate time, right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Transmission commencing. This is Wookiee Radio. Translated for the Wookiee Affair. I like that Wookiee. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Start listening today and remember, the Force will be with you always. Called the Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed. Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun. 
Listener, if you enjoy the show, you can support the show. Join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! Where you can sign up and get cool stuff like you get access to a bonus podcast feed that has lots of bonus content. The shows come out a little bit early, so you hear it first before the entire world. Uh, and there's Discord benefits. You get exclusive uh, access to our Patreon-only discord server where we do monthly geeky hangouts we just hang out and get drunk and talk about what we love uh and this month january it's next week thursday january 20th 8 p.m central time next thursday next thursday man the weeks are flying by it's already Whoa. coming up I'll next put this on my calendar and maybe i'll make it oh maybe anthony will make it there's always surprise guests every week every month has been happening so sign up for that sign up for the these tier. chords for these cores these nuts that cord it says right there which tiers have discord benefits sign up for those tiers you get your role join us join the fan club jockinner.com slash patreon okay it's karate time everybody we got a review cobra kai season four here is your spoiler alert. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! Amazing, we have a season four of the show that started on YouTube. A show that started YouTube on... YouTube Red. YouTube doesn't Red. Doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. The only good thing that came out of YouTube Red, because they killed it, uh, the show is created by Josh Heald, John Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg. Uh, and I don't know, Anthony, do you want to do the plot? I say we just dive in. Yeah, let's just dive in. Let's, I mean, we, we know we're, I'll just say where we left off last season, last season, it ends with crease basically wanting to, he's taken over Cobra Kai and he's making a phone call to a friend who we know is Terry silver yes. from karate kid part three. And on the other side, it's Danny LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence finally deciding to put aside their differences and team up. Because they're both training to basically take each other down in in the All Valley. And then this season starts really right where that season ended. Correct. No time has passed for them, although the kids look a lot older. It's okay. uh, A little bit, yeah. Little uh, Anthony LaRusso had a little growth spurt there also. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Suddenly. (laughs) Uh, Zolo Marduenas or whatever his name is looked like he he got a little. He's heavier. put on some weight. Yeah, he looked a little softy in the face. If you, if you throw, bit, I threw on the bit. first episode after watching the season four. I was like, holy shit, he's a lot bigger. Which is surprising because he's gonna be Blue Beetle in the DC universe. Apparently, I saw this article. He just tried the suit on and he said it looked great. So I guess the suit fit. I don't know. Maybe he lost some weight after I mean, that. Imran, he's not overweight. Jesus Christ. No, I'm just saying he looked a little. <laughs> In the face, a little, little rounder. We're doing a lot of fat shaming. A little rounder. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, work out to maintain You're being like, Which fat. is surprising because he's going to be Blue Beetle as he's if Blue he was Beetle. like a gigantic human. Now. I just think he, 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 he doesn't look like that skinny kid. Right. You know. Yeah. They're all gotten. Because he was more of like a like Danny LaRusso type, like young Danny LaRusso. Right. Yeah. And now he looks like 30-year-old Danny LaRusso. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, Anthony, overall thoughts, the end of season four that ends in a fantastic, we finally get to the tournament and they yeah, put it yeah, two yeah. episodes and it's fucking great. So I was watching the show and the first few episodes, I was, I was of course of liking it because it's such an easy watch, right? And, yeah. I, and 
I like the first three seasons. I like the original Karate Kids. Everything's there that I'm going to like. But I was also like, oh, you know, this is... I get the formula now. Like, they, they create tension. Yep. They, they, as soon as you start to like someone, they kind of, like, turn it so you're like, oh, maybe I don't like that person. Yeah. And yep. they always, like, switch up the allegiances where, you know, in this season... Uh, Miguel was starting to bond with Danny and then uh, Sam is starting to bond with uh, Johnny. And then like, you know, there's all these like little riffs where like things are, are happening. Like no one can ever just get along um, like all at once. Everything's always, there's always this tension and stuff. So I was like, Oh, you know, this is kind of ham fisted. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, by the end I was like, you know, hopefully like this is the last, like this is it. But then like, once we got into those last few episodes, I was like, they fucking got me. again. Yeah. They fucking. I, I was like, by the end of this, by the end of this season, I was going. I don't know why this works. It right? keeps working for me. I'm I'm in for season five. I was I was wow. like I'm I'm all in. I'm in on season five. I was saying before this, this should be the last season, but yeah. I'm like, season five is it? For, is I'm in on that. One of the things I really liked was right off the bat that Terry Silver just acknowledges that he's like, I was just I was crazy, man. Yes. I was on a ton of cocaine and yeah. I was fucking making the kid miserable what was i thinking <laughs> yeah. like what's going on like, they just, he's torture i was torturing this high school kid yeah they just for no they just, reason they just get that like out of the way that yeah. this was so ridiculous and they just blame it on cocaine so <laughs> right away that, a hell of a drug yeah right away that like, you know that the hell, yeah, hell of a drug again william um, william zabka's johnny lawrence is having all the great lines like absolutely there's so many there's just can i nitpick it of course i can nitpick it like it's probably the what the best like worst show, but it's it's so good. It's like a guilty pleasure, that, but it's like it's but, got but so it's much not even art. that guilty. It's no, like it's everyone not that guilty. Yeah. yeah, Thomas Ian Griffith as Terry Silver. Uh, he, he did a he did a really good job this season being just the straight up bad guy. Uh, no, they didn't. They actually, I, I'm not. I will disagree with that. Not that they didn't do a good job, but he was a character that they layered too. Like yeah, he was yeah. not just. He is kind of an asshole. But like he was trying to get away from that life, and it's Crease's fault for pulling him back in. Like he yep. was, he acknowledged that Crease was a bad person for him. You know, I like how they worked in all the Vietnam stuff from last season, and you know, you think about what what he owes him, and he saved his life, and he's always going to hold that over his head. And even at the end, he goes, "There it is again, the Vietnam thing." Right? Like, how long do you own a debt? Yeah. Owe a debt to somebody? Yeah. yeah. Granted, it's it's karate schools in the valley. But you know it's it's stupid, right? But it's also like <laughs> it's, it works. <laughs> it's hilarious how this whole town, like, it's the biggest thing. Like the whole town's future rests on this under eighteen karate tournament. Like that's fucking so funny. And this season was cheesy, super cheesy dialogue and cheesy moments. But I was laughing my ass off at the cheese. I, like, I, I was laughing too. Like the moment when he finally becomes Terry Silver and he pulls his hair back and puts it in a rubber band and there's like this orchestral music. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's so like soap opera. It gets just soap opera. It's super soap opera. But then it also like episode, I wrote this down, episode eight. Yeah. Like it's kind of dark. Like Silver's beating that kid's ass in the back as it like kind of fades to black. He's beating a uh, stingray's Stingray. ass. And he's he's like, like, you want to be Cobra Kai? Yeah. You he's be like, Cobra he's Kai? punching him and he's like, it ends with him like stomping him on the head. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, Oh shit. Like the show doesn't shy away from getting a little, like a little, like last season fucking Hawk broke uh Dimitri's yeah. alarm. Like Snapped they, they do arm. some, they do some things where it's like, 
holy shit, like the police should be involved in this shit. Oh, there's shit. many times on? where these kids are just causing like property destruction and call felonies. And I mean, Johnny made the kids jump from fucking rooftop to rooftop. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's some child endangerment laws that were broken at that point. Don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, like literally like the entirety of this show is is silly. It's fucking silly shit. It's fucking super silly shit, but it what it does is it takes the silly ass shit. Like just like like you can literally just talk about any of these things. Like the fact that it's all about this fucking tournament. Yeah. There's old men and like fucking the that you know Danny LaRusso, did you see the fucking headstone that he bought for fucking Mr. Miyagi? That's like a presidential size. It's ridiculous. Fucking big. headstone. Yeah. He's got money coming out of his ass. You know, he's in the, you know, California is very high real estate. He's living in what? In the, in Encino. Come on. It's like a huge zip code. This fucking rich ass guy. Then the other guy, the other rich ass guy who has money, he's fucking, <laughs> they're all entrenched in this fucking school. And, you know, it's just like crazy shit. And, um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a fucking ridiculous show. But, I think what happens is they, they know obviously know what was good about Karate Kid. They they know it's about fathers and sons. It's about those relationships. It's about filling the gap of like, you know, you might like, you know, when Danny left New Jersey, went to California, he had a huge gap in his life. His father was missing. He was away from his friends. He had to try to establish himself a new life. And then all of a sudden this guy comes along and helps him. And becomes a father to him. And he kind of like drops everything in his life to fucking gravitate towards that. Yeah. And that's a very real thing that does happen. All right. I think that people look for father figures or some kind of a role model or, and someone that's going to give you the attention that you need at the time that you need it. And that's a very real thing. So they're even in in, in the middle of all this ridiculous stupidity that like is completely impractical would never happen. You have something that's very real that's anchoring it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it works. And um, there's a lot of petty bullshit going on, especially with the girls. Yeah. And uh, it is that's a very weird stereotype to keep enforcing. But I, you know, let's keep going with that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like the character that I hate the most is, you know, is Sam. Yeah. And even at the end of this, I felt sympathetic towards her not because she became a better person because she did it because she, you know, she felt like she failed her father. And I now, now I have a sympathy because now, because she lost like now this bet that they made, you know, they can't practice karate anymore or teach it anymore. Well, you know, what's what's great about that tournament is the kids all know that like if Johnny and, and Danny can just put aside their differences, yeah, they could just combine they their styles. Win, well, they would win. Yeah. But the 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 kids like realize that hey like it's their egos that are so entrenched in this that they can't see that if you just get over yourself yeah we can beat these guys but you, you but they don't so like the kid like that's like part of Miguel's whole th- like arc in this season he's like Johnny's just too invested in this tournament like he he's losing sight of the fact of why I, I joined with him. Right. Like I, I joined because he's my mentor and like, I'm doing this to protect myself and I'm wanted to win for myself, but Johnny doesn't want me to win for myself. Johnny wants to win for himself now. Like it's, it there, it is silly, but there's a lot of like truth. Like 
growing up playing sports, there were times where like where my father, I could like feel my father getting like super angry and like super passionate about like sports. And I'm like, is he mad because of my play or is he mad because it reflects on him? Like you see a lot of that and like parents that are like, you know, super intense on like their kids on like, like doing well in in, like anything they're like, like sometimes they lose, you lose track of like, are you rooting for your kid or are you rooting for your kid? Because that's a reflection of yourself. Yeah, because you want to feel good and be. So there is like yeah, layered yeah. things. Like there's tons of layers like that in this show. It's just a very, very silly fucking premise. Miguel's arc was it was interesting, but I did love seeing him slowly, you know, drift away from Johnny. I mean, that one scene where Johnny is drunk and he like thinks that Johnny's telling him that he loves him like a son. And he's then Johnny talking to Robbie, and he was talking to Robbie. Yeah, he's like, fuck. But, like, that was there's so place. many layers to that. Like, yeah, y- you like. In that moment, you're like, oh, man, that's the, the fucking worst thing you could say to, to Miguel. But then you're also like, damn, Johnny's like still dealing with the loss of his son. But he just the show does a really good job of like revealing things to characters. And you're like, oh, man, like if Johnny would have just revealed that to Robbie, that would be a great moment. But he reveals it to Miguel. Yeah. And now that what makes you, tension there. What do you think of the whole Robbie Kenny thing? Wait, is his name Kenny? Yeah, Kenny, Kenny yes, the yeah. new okay. kid. I mean, I, I, I feel like they introduced the new next generation for like the next season, but the, it's a lot of this is very Star Wars. Like Robbie's hate flowed into Kenny, and you know Anthony Larusso comes out as straight bully, and then he tries to fix it, and then fucking Kenny becomes the bully because of Robbie, and Robbie sees the error in his ways. It's a lot like Anakin and Obi Wan. Uh, but Jesus I, Christ, of Star Wars. But do you think Lapuso should get his ass kicked? Like he deserves it, right? was great. Well, Lapuso should get his ass kicked. But I agree. Like what the show does well is there's hints that Lapuso doesn't want to do it, but he's he doing it, it yeah. because he he's doing it because his friends are pressuring him. Yep, yep. But then yeah, and the the guy that's pressuring him is like the fucking most fucking yeah, the kid with the curly hair. Like that was the dweebiest fucking little yeah, kid like, that there was. I, it looks like, he looks like somebody I would clean my ears with. <laughs> he was the biggest <laughs> asshole though, that fucking guy with the curly yeah, Q-tip but, head. But the thing is, like Kenny is doing the right thing, but then he's getting so he's on the path that Robbie was on yeah, where he gets yeah. super angry about everything. I mean, I expected Terry Silver to be like, pull a, like the Empire from Star Wars. The Emperor, let the hate flow through you. Yes, <laughs> let it out. It was so Star Wars. Uh, but Oh, there's a lot of Star Wars so in this. There's so many Star Wars. There's so much Star Wars in this. What did you think of it, Rugs? Did you not like it? No, I liked it. Okay. I just... But it was tinged with it was tinged with like this is really cheesy like oh. every like literally every episode I'm like this is whoa this is some <laughs> cheesy ass shit going on yeah. right now and I was like all right uh, but as I said yes it's cheesy it's predictable to a, a large degree you could see things coming but at the same time I can't lie and say the last two episodes when they're at the tournament oh fuck so oh, I wasn't so like fucking like at the edge of my seat going. Oh shit! Like this is the like I didn't think that we're gonna get me like to be involved, and I was. I was like, oh, I'm in this. I'm in this. I want to see the fucking thing play out. Let's I didn't know. Happening. I didn't know how it was gonna end. It was a little me predictable too. when they were like the 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 men are gonna go first, and the last one will be uh, the girls, right? So I was like, okay, if these guys are going first, Miyagi Do is winning this, and that's what happened. But then, but then when Sam's fighting Tori, I was like, well, logically. 
Sam should be the one that wins, but I don't know what's going to happen. And then, you know, you, you see the ref miss a couple of things and have weird calls. And you see why at the end, the fucking silver bribe but the it, ref. Storyline wise, it actually makes more sense for Tori to win because of it. Like yeah. this, season, this season was kind of written as her redemption season First, she got like a. You get they wrote her for like okay like we're finally going to give a little sympathy to Tori. I she's not the scowling bad. bitch this yeah. entire time. I felt bad for Tori and I thought it was really interesting that the mom, Sam's mom, Nanny's wife, even though she hates Tori cuz she destroyed her house and cut up her daughter, decided to help this girl who's really like has this bad life and needs help. Like that was great kind of tension and and making things a little more complicated, but I felt bad for Tori. But she found out that it was all bullshit, and the like, guy got paid off at the end. What felt forced to you? Uh, anything hmm. feel forced, or everything flowed I mean, it, naturally? I thought, like, I, I did think initially when um, when Sam's or Miss Larusso fall like starts feeling sympathy for Tori, I was like, huh, yeah, I don't know. But then I like, I just was like, I rolled with it until I was like, okay, I'm comfortable with it now. <laughs> yeah. I'm comfortable with yeah. this, and then like, I, don't, I mean, everything. In that sense, everything kind of feels forced. Yes, uh, but then, yeah. but then everything also feels like it's written in a way where they reveal, like for instance, the scene where uh, Tori and Sam, Sam comes to the party and she realizes that Tori's like played dress up as a mermaid, like for these little kids. Oh yeah, and Sam's and you're like, such a bitch to her. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But you're like Sam should be a bitch to her because Tori's been like basically ruining Sam's life, right? Right. right. But the way she's a bitch to her makes yeah. you go. The way they write it, you go. Oof. I wish that Sam was getting a little comeuppance on her. Yeah. But then you're like, yeah. I didn't want it like that. Yeah, she goes over the but line that, a little they bit. Do, they do that a lot where they yeah. like, you, you root for a character to get their comeuppance, but then you're like, I didn't want to see it that's play what out I, that way. That's what I felt with Kenny when he started beating on LaPussa. I was like, oh no, Kenny, you're turning into like right, this bad right, guy. Exactly. That's another, like, yeah. and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying where they, they do a good job of pulling at your strings where yeah. you're like, oh, I wish it, it's playing out in a way that's not satisfying in this character yeah it's it's well done i thought the karate looked better from the kids <laughs> what'd you think what'd you guys yeah. think about the karate overall silver silver looked good yeah you can still kick a fucking he, he threw wine a nice, bottle he, he threw a nice roundhouse to oh, johnny yeah. in that in that one scene oh yeah i don't not think that was that. him but maybe yeah. not <laughs> I, I feel like it was fine like it was fine it does what it needs to do yeah would I like it to be on a, a higher level? It would, couldn't hurt. You That's know? the first time they met, right? Johnny and Terry Silver never met. Correct. Well, that was interesting. That scene even surprised me. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, Kreese, his weakness is Johnny. He yeah. still loves Johnny. That was great when he's like, oh, you have a weakness, and it's Johnny. Yeah, and he... They, I think Kreese's weakness is he doesn't have a job. Go get a job, Kreese. <laughs> <laughs> go, go work at Whole Foods or something. That is Bags his real weakness. Yeah. Um, I loved the, the thing of where Robbie taught Cobra Kai Miyagi-Do, right? And now, mm. and I was like, oh, shit, now they know their moves. But then he, uh, uh, Hawk also had trained with Cobra Kai. So uh, the whole time I'm screaming at the show, just combine the styles. What are you doing? Fucking put them together. They can't, and though. I know. They were like, my, you know, the whole story about the, my way but is the But the karate right way. forms the, are completely, like, opposed to each other. Yeah, they're different. They, they, I, don't right. think they would, I don't think they work together. They can, they can never. Yeah, their philosophies are too different. But that's why Danny, like, they pulled that clip from Miyagi where it's like, you do it your way. You put How it together. How is he going to go on the offensive at this point? They lost, right? Yeah. So at the end of this, let's spoiler it up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Danny's at the grave of uh, Mr. Miyagi and 
he says, okay, I'm going to, I've been doing it your way. I'm now going to go on the offensive. But he's talking to he someone. Just, he just, yeah, he's talking, and uh, you think he's talking to Miyagi, but he's talking to Chosen. Yes. Oh, yes. Chosen's coming back to help. And so Chosen probably, you know, he, he took the flight in. He's like, listen, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how did he get there? He's like, listen, <laughs> uh, just I'm, I'm a very rich owner of a car dealership. Let me fly you in. I'm going to need you to be my uh, front. So you're going to start your own karate academy, and then I'm going to be running things in the, in, you know, behind the scenes yeah he's like he his relationship with chosen is like years ago you fought for your honor you tried to kill me then you taught me like these in last season you taught me these like secret techniques moves. yeah well these secret moves were like to defeat right like it was for war right and he's like hey now i need your favor from you i know you taught me all these secret moves and you're like a very intense guy but I need you to make open this this karate dojo to take down this other fucking dojo <laughs> in, in, in the all valley <laughs> <laughs> so Cobra Kai is at the height of their power now at the end of this. Well, one more spoiler. Not spoiler. We, we, or I gave Let's a spoiler. talk about the end. Yeah, no, we had the spoiler. Terry Silver yes. gets rid of Kreese. Yes, this is crazy. And they definitely are hinting that he's like, he has a partner, and I think it's it's the king of karate, right? It's Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. Max, yeah. Max, uh, Max Barnes, was it? Matt Barnes, I Matt think, Matt Barnes. Right? That was the no. guy he fought in three Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His other. I think opponent. I don't know if it's Matt Barnes. Yeah. I might be wrong. On it. It's Barnes for sure. It's Barnes. It's or, definitely Barnes. Yeah. I think next season's going to be the season of Barnes, and we're probably they there might be one more season after that. Well, I listened to this. Uh, Mike I listened Barnes. To, I listened to the creators on this. Karate's ho- bad boy, Mike Barnes. <laughs> I'm a karate's bad boy. Uh, the creators were on this Hollywood uh, top five TV's top five Hollywood Reporter podcast, and they said. You know, they filmed season five. They said they have an end game in mind. They're in no rush to get there. So they're talking about season five, season six. Season five is not going to be out for another. They could put it out sooner, but I think we're going to have to wait a year. I read I read an article with those those producers. Yeah. And they were basically have been signed on by Netflix to produce more of these and spin-off, spin-offs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would we want for a spin-off? They call it the Miyagi-verse, which is kind of fun. They love the Miyagi. Hey, I just st- hope they don't. I don't. I hope they they know when the end of the rope. You can there. still pull in Hillary Swank. We haven't seen her yet. She's part of the Miyagi verse. I, I heard people are like, I thought he was talking to Hillary Swank. Yes, somebody. Yes, yeah, so we have a comment at the end, but she's still someone. There's oh, still geez. things to mine from those movies, and they're gonna milk this. They're gonna milk well, what it. What they're what they're doing too is they're doing a good job of like mining things that they created in the show like oh miguel's dad like yeah we never that was created within the show and they're like oh we're gonna now we're gonna mine that because we've had seasons of of history with miguel trying to find a father figure well what'd you think of that at the end miguel fucks off doesn't uh forfeiting eagle fang has to forfeit and then the next thing you know he's on a bus and he's like i'm going to look for my dad yeah i, I, I mean it makes I, sense I thought that was logical yeah because yeah. even at that last po- moment where johnny's like Miguel, this is it. You're going to be a man. Can you do this? And you see him. He's like half-heartedly. He's like, yes, sensei. And he doesn't want to do it. He decides to not show up. I thought he was just waiting till like the last second to be dramatic. No. But no. What, one quick thing on that on that uh, final fight. I did not see Eli winning until until it was playing out. I, I, the whole season, I was like, Eli didn't even cross my mind that he was going right? to win. The Eli all fucking beats Robbie. That was a great, <laughs> that was a great fight. One of the things that really like... Uh, made me roll my eyes was when they cut Hawk's mohawk off. Yes, they cut his mohawk because off. he's in the tattoo shop, and then they come and they get a straight razor. Yeah, and then they cut to him just to have his 
Like, I'm like, no, you, you can't cut someone's hair like that with a straight razor. It <laughs> I thought they were going to, like, carve into him or something. Or that's cut why, their, yeah, cut, get that's why they use a straight razor to make you think bad yeah. things. Because if it was just the buzzer, it would be obvious what was going to happen. You can use a straight razor. It's just going to take a long time. And it's going to hurt. It's not going to look like that. It, oh, no. it's not going to look it smooth. It would be all mangled. Right. Yeah. Right. It would have looked a little tuftier. Yes. Speaking of rolling your eyes, I rolled my eyes in all the right ways. And this is going to sound really fucking creepy. <laughs> okay. But when fucking Robbie and, and Hawk... Take off their fucking shirts. Oh, no. oh, let me what, tell this you, this is straight eighties. That was this is awesome. No, that was badass. And even better is when you like turns around and rolls his shoulders, and you hear the sound of a hawk as you see the hawk tattoo. <laughs> like you hear it go, ah, like, and you see this giant hawk. I was like, that's fucking badass. We, we bro. literally rug said this last week. It, it gets serious you when you take, take off his shirt. You definitely, yeah. like his robe was coming loose, and it was kind of cool how Eli used that in a move. Like he put his hand inside the sleeve and flipped him over. And yeah, you got <laughs> to take, take their shirts off. <laughs> Those they're two are enough. Jack, too. Dude, Jesus Christ. Those Let's kids do it. Yeah. yeah. The kids are fine. Robbie is I mean, Jack. I, I was definitely feeling feeling pretty good in that episode where uh, fucking uh, Tori's in the, like, the, the aerial costume. I was like, oh. Oh yeah, in the oh, I thought that was going to be a strip club uh, for a that's what I, I, I thought she was like dancing on a pole or something. That's exactly what I thought. I did not see that there would be little yeah. kids there. Yeah, that was great. Uh yes, and so Stingray to get into Cobra Kai tells the cops John Kreese fucked him up and Kreese gets arrested. And now Terry Silver he unleashed the beast, man. He unleashed the demon, and now you got he's gonna have he to did. Pay. He did. He literally yeah. got him off the wagon, and now yeah. Terry Silver is full on like w- the, the scene where he's beating Stingray's ass, he's drinking again. Like oh, he's back shit. on the wagon. Oh, he's like, that's right. He's back off the wagon. Yeah. He needs to go get some coke next. Yeah, yeah. he's an eight ball. <laughs> but <laughs> even like, uh, you know, going into the season, I'm like, oh man, Crease. I hate him again. And then by the end of the season, I'm like, man, I feel sympathy for Crease again. Because like, even in the tournament, he notices that Tori like can win without cheating. Yeah, and, that was and great. And Silver's like, you know, just get her other fucking eye. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, no, play it by the rules. You can beat I, and I love that because he thinks of the moment where he's fucking with Johnny and Karate Kid 2, was right. it? And he's yeah, choking him two. out. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, you do this your way. It's your but they, fight. They give context to even that. Like, it was a diabolical thing in Karate Kid 2 that yeah. he did that. Yeah. But then they give context. He's like. I knew that if I didn't push you to win, it would ruin the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, that's how much you cared about winning. And it does ruin basically yeah. his life yeah. for years. Yeah. He, he says, was right. He says he was that right. to Johnny. Yeah. He Which didn't. is so silly, but I mean, it's a but fucking right. tournament, but yeah. he, he was right. He does. He doesn't want these. What kids about Johnny's dad? Uh, Johnny's dad. Yeah. The actor. We, died. Get, we, we know we get no, not, not, not this fake dad, not Ed Asner. Oh, like they, he pulls out the box of all of his stuff, and the mom comes and says, "No, no, no!" Like throw this out, and then he, she tells oh. him that she's dating Ed Asner in the flashback, yeah, yeah, yeah. young, young Johnny. Yes, oh, yes. right. So his dad had like his dad's still around. He might have to go and fucking. Do you think he's gonna get closure with his dad? Like he's gonna take a, a page from um from Miguel and go look for his dad. Do you think they'll cast Dolph Lundgren as his dad? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Do it. Do it. He tells him that he had to go to Russia. That would be hilarious. I was trying to think of an 80s blonde star, Dolph Lundgren. Here's something one. that I thought. Okay, I've just thought of two more. Or Michael Bean. Which, uh, well, mm-hmm. Michael Bean. We got two more forced things. Uh, why in the tournament did Robbie have to fight Kenny? 
And it was just so he could put the beat down on him and get Kenny even madder. Well, they they, were, his, like, they were winning so many. Well, they ran out of like opponents. They had to just right. fight each other. I was like, yeah. why is he fighting him? But that was also great where Kreese is like, are you fighting your friend or your opponent? And then Robbie just fucking the whole audience goes, oh, it fucking hits him in the head, takes him down. Whoops his ass. Yeah. Makes his nose bleed and uh, kind of creates Kenny the bully. And then here's probably the most random force thing there was. Fucking Carrie Underwood just shows up out of nowhere. What the oh, fuck? Yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the show was popular, man. Give you a nice but montage scene. The show made it. When you can get Carrie yes. Underwood to cameo on. Yeah, they had that plot line about them trying to get Ron out, vote of no confidence. And I, then uh, the guy's like, the motherfucker did it. I read, uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons talk about the show. He, he, he loves this show. And they brought up something good. They were like, uh, Danny LaRusso was actually like the worst character of this season. All he talks about is Miyagi-Do. Yes, he yes. keeps like saying his way is the best way. They're yeah. like, what should we do with this character? And they were like, should we have him die? Should we have <laughs> him get a divorce? Like, how can we make this character stop talking about Miyagi-Do and like, I, I have agree. another layer to him? I agree. And uh, they just, he was so stubborn. Also, it's, super stubborn. It's interesting how his kids are so spoiled, like how they've grown up, which is completely different from how he grew up and where he came from. And it's just funny that these, these kids are spoiled and, and makes Lapuso a little bit of a, a bit of a bully. I did <laughs> love the moment where Danny and Johnny are training each other in each other's ways. That was, that was, that was fun. That was fucking fun. Oh, when Danny climbs up that, that chain, chain and he like does the fist, uh, I started uh, laughing so like audibly. It was like that's so bad. <laughs> I just like to see like Danny doing push-ups on his knuckles, and you could see like his sinewy, um, the pitch, the, the muscleless arms. The pitching machine scene was great. Also, <laughs> the the scene the the end where he instigates the fight at the hockey thing, and then oh yeah, so beats oh, yeah. all those guys' asses, and he's like, "Where were you?" He's like, "No, be there." No, because he tells them. He's he like, tells him, no, be, you, what's the first you, lesson? No, be there. No, be there. That was great. Oh, yeah. Then Danny kicks the shit out of all those hockey guys. That was fantastic. One of my, if we're getting into like funny ass stuff, my favorite by far is fucking Johnny Lawrence trying to recruit girls to fucking. <laughs> oh, that was great. And, and, and the, the scene where he's like at the gym, the gymnastics gym, and the guy's like, which one is yours? And he's like, <laughs> Uh, I got my eye on on her at gymnastics, <laughs> on her over there in gymnastics, and he's like, the guy looks at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you, <laughs> <laughs> fucking creep? Uh, when he's running one. with the girls on the yeah. track, and he's yes. like giving them the things, he's like, got to be at least eighteen though, or got to be under eighteen, <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, got to so, be under eighteen. So awkward and cringy. It's great. I like when they're at the bar and they're talking, and the bartender comes up. He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, the get the fuck out of here. Good. What, the, when he's trying to recruit the girl that's like a little more woke and yeah. she's like, oh, what do yeah. you think about gender fluidity? And he goes, fluids are important. <laughs> <laughs> that girl was amazing. The debate girl was great when she joins the team. Uh, the new kids were good. What they, they're like, uh, or the scene where they sit down, Miguel, and the uh, mom is like, we've got something to tell you. And Johnny goes, your mom and I are hooking up. <laughs> <laughs> he just blurts it out. <laughs> like, that's not how we were going to tell it. <laughs> Uh, those are some. No, sometimes the show is really funny. You're right. It so goes from fun. super cheesy to like really funny to some great emotional. I forget. Flights. I wrote this one down, but he calls one of the kids. He goes, "Shut the hell up, penis breath." <laughs> he calls the fat kid. The that. fat kid is penis yeah. breath. No, yes. That's his name. That yeah. was from last season. I remember. <laughs> penis yeah. breath. 
Yeah, no, there was there's literally there was so I mean, Johnny's the best. Like there's so many. Who would have I known? would watch a show of just a guy acting like Johnny for no apparent reason. Who, who would have known that like throwing a character like that where like we're supposed to be in this super woke time and you have a guy from the 80s who's just like they're just like riffing on everything woke possible. And he's just saying the most absurd shit to everything that we just experience in society now. Like. It's, it's so, so perfect. Good. Yeah, it's so perfect. <laughs> but wait, he had a whole... And it's wolf. so like, it's like not at all distasteful. It's just so fucking funny. Well, if you go to Brooklyn for a weekend, it's, it's like some that. people still act. <laughs> yeah. Everybody up there is like that. <laughs> Gender uh, fluidity. Yeah, fluids are pretty important. The, uh, he had a whole woke line. What was his... Re- How did he know all that? What did he say? He, he, he said he did a whole line where he like said something really like, like profound about yeah. being... Like when he was trying to recruit the girl. Right. I, don't, I, re- I didn't write down the line. It was really good. I, I, I was. It surprised me. <laughs> what about the romances? There was light on the romance uh, aspect, which is fine. You know, Sam and Miguel are back, and then they're Tori. back. But then, but by the end, they're like kind of on the rocks because yeah, they still yeah. feel things for their old people. That sends Robbie and Tori together, but then they feel things for other people also. So, Tori wearing a fucking what, like chep, leopard skin oh, at sh- the prom? Uh, dress at yeah. prom. My love. I love whenever they show up all at some public gathering, you know they're just going to fight and smash things. Like, they don't talk about things. They're just going to fucking start fighting. I just thought it was really funny that she's getting there. She's, um, Sam's getting a beer and Tori's standing behind her. And she just kicks her in the stomach. <laughs> it was just so weird. She's like, I'm just, I'm going to kick her ass down. I'm going to strike first. <laughs> no mercy. Strike first. Strike she's hard. She's just like talking to her. She wasn't even trying to start it's some the Cobra shit. Highway. Yeah. That is <laughs> the Cobra Kai stomach. Way. Give her a cunt kick. Oh, shit. Who else had some good? Dimitri was good. Uh, he gets beat by Robbie. He didn't really do much, I guess. No, he he learned. He learns. Uh, he actually embraces karate. And he's oh, still, right. he still, and he's a still dating that one girlfriend. Yeah, for some reason. Still got the hot girlfriend. Australia. Yeah. That doesn't seem like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eli even gets back with the uh, moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She that gives girl. some confidence at the end, which is she great. had a girlfriend, yeah. and now she has she went back. Yeah, with the that. girlfriend joins uh, Cobra Kai. Doesn't Cobra she? Kai. Yeah, yeah. they She's go and Cobra recruit. Kai. She's badass too. Uh, yeah, but, what happens to Eagle Fang and Miyagi Do now? They gotta quit. They gotta, they shut gotta quit. Down. Mm. Well, I think so. Going into season five, they've set up the pieces now where Silver is going to recruit Barnes. Crease is in jail and is probably going to get out. They get away with. They take Johnny and Miguel out of it by sending them to Mexico. What if his dad's Danny Trejo? That's super racist, isn't oh it? Oh my god! I was gonna say that too. <laughs> Danny Trejo is Miguel's father. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! It's machete. <laughs> super racist. But well, it, it fit. Yeah, what yeah. other famous Mexicans do we know? Is it could be uh, George Lopez, Antonio Banderas. Well, he's Spanish. They can afford them for like two episodes because yeah, they got cameo. Allie back for like an episode. Oh yeah, uh, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. They got her. Yeah, they got her. And Tamlin Tomita. They got her back. Who is going to help Crease though? Like, is Crease going to team up now with them to take that? Is he, who's he going to go for help? They're, who's going to get him out of setting jail? it up as like Crease, Danny? No, Johnny is going to help out Crease. Yeah, John. Yeah, Johnny's dad is Crease. His father figure is so he's going to help him get out of jail. And, that, he's, that, and then yeah, that could work. Yeah, I don't. And then, uh, and then chosen, 
Chosen is going to, yeah, he's going to start a, so Andy. he's going to have to start a, I think Chosen is going to come in and be like, listen, you motherfuckers, quit fucking around with my shit for my country. <laughs> this is fucking shit that's passed down from father to son. You guys are not even fucking, get the fuck out of here with this shit. <laughs> that's what he should say. You guys make Carrie Underwood singing at the fucking thing. Uh, is so they Terry Silver says they are opening franchises of Cobra Kai all across the right. valley. So how they got to take Cobra Kai down? Will there be another tournament? I, I read this. I read somewhere either someone said this online or I read it somewhere, but they were like, actually a Star Wars comparison. They were like, seasons one and two were a New Hope. Ah. Seasons three and four yes. are Empire Strikes Back, and yes. then they have two more seasons to Return, do Return of, the of the Jedi. Oh yeah. shit! Geek I could see that. That's good. And yeah, that that would well work. since the since the show is called Cobra Kai, it's I think it's got to go back into their hands. It's yeah, it's going to be a different Cobra Kai. It's going to be an all new, reconciled, healed Cobra Kai. Like, and um, well, they changed the slogan. Like, do they change that motto for Cobra Kai and make it? It'll be like. What was it? Strike first. Strike no hard. Be, no be there. <laughs> they just no said be that. There. <laughs> no mercy. No be Always there. look I. Always. Well, I love uh, <laughs> some of the titles of this episode. Are, like episode two. Two is called First Learn Stand. Then episode three is called Then Learn Fly. Um, and my fan, I love in the very beginning, the first episode is called Let's Begin. And it starts with Johnny going, let's begin. And then he, uh, Dimitri's like, uh, he raises his hand. He's like, what are we beginning exactly? What's going on here? Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. That's so great. I mean, that's like, Quiet. Quiet. Did you get the Rocky Three uh, stuff and all the other like uh, Easter eggs that were in there? No, what was the Rocky Three? Oh, no, Lawrence, Lawrence is when he's training for the. Oh, we didn't even talk about this. They're, for the rematch, he's got either Rocky Three or well, Rocky Three in the, oh, the in training the, scene in the, in the beach. But I think he's playing Rocky Four music. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing Rocky music. There's Rocky yeah, music in definitely. There. He's one hundred percent. Yes. And then Carrie Underwood sings another Survivor song that's from Karate Kid. Oh, really? That's what that's she said. Yeah, from the original Karate Kid movie. I think it was like kind of wasn't used that like prominently, but it was a Survivor song, and they they used that for the tournament. So they pumped that one and up. She, she, she's just saying that you're the best around. They did no, that. That would have been too on the nose. <laughs> that would have been but, fucking great. Um, uh, the song that Ra- he's playing is No Easy Way Out. From oh, Rocky that's Four. it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There's I, no easy way out. I love how Johnny was like There's so no short into this. Home. Johnny was super into the training. Oh, yeah, John, that was a great scene. Like, uh, like uh, Danny wakes up. He's all hungover and, he, and shit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> oh, I think I said something I shouldn't have said. Like, I th- we'll get over it. Like, we could, we'll just talk it out. And Johnny's like fucking training. He's like, yes. oh, this is what I've been waiting for my yes. whole life, you motherfucker. He's like, let's go already. <laughs> oh, it's so I good. love that he's like tweeting about it. And he's got yeah. one and follower. They, they both have <laughs> dueling flashbacks of how they fucking, like from the first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was like some on that one where they he tackles him in that lunch. That mm-hmm. wasn't in the movie. No, that, that was like, it was like oh, a wow. deleted scene. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I noticed that too. I was like, this did not happen in this fucking movie. I mean, I even love how like I was going to watch Karate Kid 3 again, but I never got around to it. But they showed you the parts you needed to see to, you know, be like, oh, shit, I remember that. So I love how they do the use the flashbacks. I, I think the flashbacks. If, are if right. you watch Karate Kid Part 3, this show, it's still a steaming pile of shit. But this show makes it slightly better. <laughs> This show is elevating those movies a little bit somehow. It's giving them because now you know more about Terry Silver, like you didn't know about the Vietnam connection with Crease when we when you saw well, it originally, and all the like, oh, he's acting crazy in Karate Kid Part Three because he's just on a 
thousand pounds of cocaine. Yeah, he's just on a bender. <laughs> and I didn't. He and then did they ever say before that he helped Crease uh, open Cobra Kai? They both did it. I thought that was new. I forget. I forget. I think he, he gave him the seed money to yes. open. Oh, yeah, right, right. He was the money man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with millennials. You know what? Another end. funny thing. We've mentioned this before, but just to point out. Um, Terry Silver is playing a guy that's supposed to be like 10, 15 years older than these guys at yeah. least. Yeah, but he's actually is... Ralph Macchio and like William Zabka's age. Crease yeah. is like way older. Yeah, but he's Kreese... supposed to be playing a guy that's Crease's age. Crease looks old. Crease is old. He's yeah. seven, like 78 years old, that guy. Ian Thomas Ian Griffith uh, was born in 62. What does that make him? I don't 60. Know. 60 right oh, yeah. now. He looks more beat up than though. Like he he looks older. Silver than, uh, looks fucking old. <laughs> yeah. He looks old. He looks older Cocaine's than a hell of a drug. He looks like <laughs> he looks older than Ralph Macchio does. Yes. Ralph Macchio the MVP of this show is Ralph Macchio's hairpiece. Oh, you think so? Oh. I didn't Yeah, they've got that thing like they've got the thing shellac to him. Like, that's a hairpiece. You think that's a hairpiece? I didn't know he's that's not his hair. If that's not a hairpiece, I don't know what is. That looks exactly like a hairpiece. I don't know why I thought of this, but during the show, because I think it's because I'm getting like a couple gray hairs, I was like, both Macchio and William Zabka have great heads of hair at their age. They do. And I'm like they have very nice color. I'm jealous. Williams yeah, Zabka <laughs> does. He's got beautiful blonde hair. I don't know if he still dyes it or what's going on. Did you notice that Danny's uh, daughter was in it? She was the girl oh. uh, that the, the that talks to his, her son, Ralph Macchio's daughter. Yeah, Ralph Macchio's daughter is the, the you know when they talk they talk about the cousin and the, the other cousin. Oh yeah, that's that's the psychiatrist. Kid. Yeah, the psychiatrist oh. girl. Oh, and Aisha oh. comes back for a, a hot second. To, uh, and S- Sam just gets the complete wrong message. Yes, she did, did no good. <laughs> she well, instead of like yeah. confronting the girl and like trying to mend things over, she like I'm coming for you, bitch. <laughs> That's great. I was, it's so I was like, it's, it's, it's I laughed. By it. I was like, this is so silly, but I got to keep watching. And then I guess next season they'll you know they can work with the Kenny and the Anthony Anthony Lapuso, uh relationship. They still got that. La Pusso. I mean, they're, they're building towards a, a, a fight in somewhere, right? Yeah, like a fight where Lapusso is actually yeah. trained. Yeah, but, but I love how everybody kind of switched sides, and we're learning other both sides, and wanted to be mentored by the other people. Like they, I thought they did that well this season. I think that the person who got the weakest uh, was Miguel. Yes, Miguel's storyline was definitely the weakest. I will agree. I feel like he got kind of shafted this season. He was like definitely it. on the backseat for a lot. I, I think they redeemed it towards the end with the father stuff, but for a good portion of the season, he was riding because in the backseat. Because Robbie got backseated last season, so I'd like we got a little more Robbie and the uh, Danny and Johnny relationship got more, which is great, which is always fun. I mean, this show has to do a lot. It does. Right? It's got to it's got to introduce a bunch of new characters. Uh, I mean, there's no fucking way that he learn a, a lot of these new kids can learn to do karate in like five minutes. Yes, they can. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they use the Miyagi method, of course you can. You can do it in four days. Um, but um, it's just, you know, it just they have to do a lot. They have to get all these characters in there. They they need to uh, introduce the new bad guy. They got to get all this stuff to shift and you know, get play with your emotions. It's got a lot of things happen. It's a lot of moving parts. So it's a, um, and it's a great, easy, breezy watch. Like it just flies by. I mean, I watched it in like a day, day and a half. Yeah, I was like game to watch the whole thing in one sitting. I just I had to like and like I'm like, let me just 
deny myself so I could keep it for another day. Like I wanted to spread it out mm. over a couple. Let's days. Uh, we'll do news from the nation. We can still talk about it. I got comments from our listeners, but do you want to rate this? How does it stack up to the first three seasons? Steve, for you is guys? it better than last season? I think it is. I think this is. I think this is the second best season. Other than the first. After the first one. The first one's yeah. amazing. No, I'm kind of with you, Anthony. I thought it was getting better. I thought it was uh, better than last season. And by the end of it, the last two episodes totally fucking made it the best season for me. I do think that the last season's big fight, the house was kind of eh for me. Right. But um, I did like this end better. This ended better. Because you had a tournament. Like, does every yeah. season need to have a tournament for it to I, I would resolve? put it on the same par as season two, only because I re- seasons two, that last fight was so fun in the school. And then it ends in a way where it's like, oh, that was great shit. Yes. Miguel falls off the yes. fucking thing. Yeah. Season two had a really great ending. Yeah. Well, and you think about the season three, the way Johnny helped Miguel get back on his feet and how much they bonded and compare that to where this thing ends, where he's just. He's drifted away from they, Johnny Lawrence. I think it's safe to say, and maybe you guys, I don't think you guys disagree, but I'll, I'll say it. I think they, they haven't had a bad season. No. Which no. is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> they've all had, if they've had any weak seat, like they've had seasons with like weak parts, right, but like right. there's always something that redeems it. Yeah. The, the cumulative always, is always, the, the alchemy of yeah. it's always still there. There's a few subplots that are, you know, they're weak, they're a little filler, whatever, but the whole thing together is so good. This whole epic fucking cheesy story works it shouldn't work but it does it's just so crazy because i really sometimes i feel like i'm in the matrix or something (laughs) because like i'm like this because like who would have known like this movie that i really love like that one of these movies from my childhood that i really loved i feel like it's one of the movies that you need because it gives you so much like you know just it gives you so many things to ponder in your own life you can apply a lot of this like you know, Eastern mysticism or whatever you want to call it to your life. Yep, like all of yep, these quotes are yep. so quotable. And um, now that they've created a show that somehow is very true and very, you know, you know, as I said, you know, Ralph Macchio is constantly quoting Miyagi yeah. sucking his dick yeah. like the whole time, <laughs> yeah. you know. I think that's one of the people from News from the Nation says yeah, that. Yeah, okay, we'll just, read that comment. It's in my subconscious yes. now. I can't. It's true, though. But like, he's like constantly, like, you know, quoting. So it's very like reverential to that movie, and um, I think that's where its strength lies. That and the father son relationships. Yeah. Um, the core of it is so rock solid that um, you can yeah you can dress it up with all the fucking silly shit you want, and it'll still it has that heart. It has that emotional yeah. heart in the middle holding yeah. it together. Absolutely, and that's, you, you know what? That's it's, why it it's one of those things. I completely agree with that. It's like they distilled the formula from karate kid part one yeah and like all the things the themes of it and they decided we're going to completely change the format we're going to completely change the tone we're going to add new characters but we're going to still inject it with that formula of of that relationship and the relationships that matter um from those movies and yeah i mean they're hitting it all the ballpark i mean it's like every time they do this i'm like i, I can't believe they're doing this and then I look at things that are like trying to do similar things. Like No Way Home was a big success. But I, the thing I think of recently is that Ghostbusters movie, like where they tried to inject that nostalgia, but it kind of felt tacked on. And like it felt like, oh, like this is the this is the fan service part. Whereas this yep. stuff, No Way Home, but th- especially this, like 
they do the fan service, but it's it's done in a way that's very like not tacked on. It feels organic to the story, albeit a little silly. Yeah, they know they have their formula down, and it's still working. So I think they could squeeze another couple of seasons it, out of this. Is it me that they like really not use Pat Marina a lot in this in this season? I think they're running out of Pat yeah, Marita clips. Yeah, I think clips. they played all the Pat Marita <laughs> clips by now. Like, unless you go to like him talking to Hillary Swank, I don't know I, what you're gonna get. Yeah, I just really maybe <laughs> maybe they'll get to that. But I just really feel like without like Pat Marita and th- that whole character and the interplay in that first movie is just so like amazing. I, I would love to feel that a little bit more here. Sure. And they did. They I think they achieved it in the first couple seasons by interweaving Pat, Pat Maria, but they're probably running out. Like they, yeah, said. they don't have any more. Well, there's also, as mentioned, unless you pull clips from Happy Days, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but as on the one of the most popular podcasts, Simmons, he's basically was saying like they need to stop with Danny always referencing Miyagi. It, yeah. it got a little much, and it's like, why are you so close minded? But that was the point. It was like, I didn't, I, I forgot the most important lesson is do right. it your own way. Oh, the one last thing the scene at the end when Robbie finally reconciles with Johnny and they hug at the dojo where it's empty. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. That got me. That was great. Do we want to give it a number? Because I got a number for it. Uh, give it a number. Nine out of ten. Yes. Oh. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to give it a nine out of ten as well. Fuck it. It was amazing. <laughs> About time. And that wouldn't have been the score I gave it as I was watching no. the first few but episodes. You were so invested in the final battles of the tournament. like Not that's- even the final battles, but just how the relationships are going to play out. That's yeah. the more important. The, the tournament's big, yeah. but you want to see how all the relationships will play yeah. out. Rugs, what would you give? I would say 8.5 okay. yeah. yeah. because I think that the this, the first season is a little better. The first season's like a 10 out of 10. Come on. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, I, I threw on the first season the other day. Just oh, you to did? Go, like, and there's a scene where uh, Eli is in there, like learning about, like he's like trying to learn uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. And he admits he's like, I'm a little bit on the the spectrum. And Johnny goes, I don't know what that is, but you got to get off of it right now. It's <laughs> 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 so great. <laughs> and it was like, this is so. This is they've they've nailed him for so long. And it's unbelievable because I never thought Johnny I'd see is that a great. Character. I mean, he's the great. Look, he was so one dimensional in yeah. in the movie, yeah. and this is just. I never knew I would like him so much. Like this fucking bully character. I just want to hang like, out I with just Johnny love, Lawrence. I do. It's I do love him. I realized I really love bullies. <laughs> I mean, if you really, if you want to get like into maybe why he's like appealing to so many people is because we don't see that kind of guy yeah. anymore. Yeah, like that guy. Unless you're living in Brooklyn, apparently. But you don't see that kind of guy in popular media anymore. It's like that guy is like a relic from the past. Like he's literally li- like he got Captain America in the ice in the 80s and came back now. But, and he can, right. he can get away with saying all the shit you can't say anymore. But for some it's, reason, he just gets away with it. It's because people it's the things that people kind of think. Yes. I think there's a lot of that. He's stuff saying going on what there. we're thinking. That's why we love. I don't know. I feel like that they're in the writer's room and they're like, what is the worst thing a guy could say? Let's make him say it. But then when I'm watching it, I'm like, that's not the worst thing a guy can say, first of all. But it is pretty fucking fucking funny that he said it. So I hope but, Johnny and Daniel remain friends. Like, now they're buddies. Like uh, I don't that's, know if they're buddies. They're, they're, they, they respect but each other. They respect each other. There's yeah. things that they can learn. From, the kids can learn from each of them. Yeah. And it took the kids to open their eyes, which is also right. great. Okay. Uh, fucking great season. Let's do some news from the nation. 
It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, John Bellotti Jr., our admin in the group, uh, loves a big Cobra Kai fan. He said, I liked it. It subverted expectations a bit. I was ready to throw in the towel on the whole show by episode seven, but by the end, they won me over. That's bullshit. <laughs> it definitely felt like the second to last Hunger Games film where they are just setting up for the next and final season. I like how they like they have these two season kind of arcs, right? So I think that's working. Jamie Robinson, who is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast, he said, every time Daniel opens his mouth, I expect him to try to suck Mr. Miyagi's dick. <laughs> it says, quote, if it wasn't for Mr. Miyagi, this Mr. Miyagi taught me that. Oh, that's what he said. If it wasn't for Mr. Miyagi, this Mr. Miyagi that. Yes, he did say that a lot. Nick Chev just writes all caps, Stingray, exclamation marks. I, I would, yeah, would love to see a little more Stingray. Maybe he'll be a big part in the next season. And then Blake Braden, also all caps, Hawk Redemption. That was great. And then Rick Martinez says, I thought it was going to be Hillary Swank that Daniel was talking to in that final scene. Nope. I, I actually got a little, I got a one comment on Stingray. Yeah. They even added a little depth to that guy where he kind of already, you can see in this season, he kind of knows that he's a loser. Yeah. But Cobra Kai kind of gave him something. Yeah. So he's willing to, he's obviously willing to do anything. Yeah. He's willing to throw the parties for these kids because he's finally found something that he can belong to. Yeah. Where that he can feel like cool. Yeah. So that's why by the end he gets his ass beat, but he's willing to do it because Cobra Kai is the only thing that ever's like made him something other than a loser. I feel like next season we see him, he's going to be like one of his right, Terry Silver's right hand men standing there or something. Uh, yeah. And you feel all important. Uh, but I didn't see that coming at all. When he showed up, I was like, oh, fuck, Stingray. I forgot about this guy. Yeah. And he just gets his ass kicked. It's great. He was in that show uh, with, uh, what's his name? Frank Grillo. Oh, Frank. Kingdom. Oh, he's a Frank Grillo. <laughs> he was fucking great in that show, too. Frank Grillo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Nah, the whole cast is, is, is good. This they, show needs Frank Grillo. What if Frank Grillo is, <laughs> oh, Frank Grillo is fucking <laughs> the dad that's in Mexico? Oh my god! Oh, that That'd would be the greatest thing. Great. I would fucking, I would, I would like blast off. I was gonna say yeah. rugby would rocket to uh, the moon. Maybe <laughs> combine two of my favorite things. No, I think I mentioned like I took when I was a little, when I was a kid, I took ta- taekwondo for like six months until I got bored. But I think it was because of the first Karate Kid movie. Because as you, you as a kid, you watch this, you're like, what? Wax on, wax off, paint up and down. I can learn karate that easily. Fucking great. Let's do this. I can tell you a quick uh, karate story. Okay. Sure. Oh, you have a karate story. Okay, ready? Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like all charged up. I want to take karate. You know, I want to be like fucking karate. I want to be a ninja. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to karate. Sign me up for karate. So I show up to karate class and guess where it is? It's at the school in a classroom with chairs pushed to the side. Oh, God. Like oh, the no. desks. Yeah. I'm like, this is not a dojo. Where's that was the fucking the koi fish? Oh, boy. You know? Where's the koi fish? <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for some, like, you know, Asian dude to come out. And it's just some dude that looks like uh, some dude with a beard. And, like, uh, you know, this white guy. And he's like, I'm going to be your instructor. Blah, blah, blah. And so we start doing the, the kata, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, now a couple of days pass, whatever. A couple of classes pass. And he finally he's like, all right, it's time to spar. And I'm like, all right, I'm, this is the fucking shit. I'm ready to fucking start kicking some ass. 
And he's like, all right, come in, come here, stand right here and go. And he goes, oh, your shoes untied. I look down bare feet. Oh, God. We get <laughs> and you? he just sweeps me on the floor. Oh, God. And I hit I hit the linoleum. Like, <laughs> that's a Cobra Kai move right there. Yeah. Jesus. And uh, I was like, okay, this is not the karate class I signed up for. I'm the fuck out of here. What was the like, lesson quit. of that thing? Never, never listen to <laughs> don't, be, don't, be, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot that doesn't know that he's not wearing doesn't shoes. doesn't remember you don't have shoes. <laughs> uh, yes. Did you ever take karate, Anthony? I think after karate, I don't think Karate Kid was the one that ex- inspired me to think about doing it. I think it was Bloodsport that got me like. Oh, the punch to the it. nuts got you. Oh, there was Bloodsport in this too. There's Bloodsport. Oh, they were watching Bloodsport. That's right. Yeah, but I never actually committed to. Uh, I didn't start doing martial arts until I was 18. Oh, so, yeah. But Ooh. I was one of those where I was like, I want to. My dad did karate, and I was like, I want, I want to do that. But yeah, you know, like it's not as cool as you think. Like no, you know, it's you, not. as you kind of said. Especially like the way the, the 80s portrayed karate. Then like you would go to the, some strip mall and be this like five by seven dojo with like two people there. And like everyone's like, it's just not as cool. Like you, you don't you don't get to do the things you thought. Yeah, you were where's the do. fucking snake? Yeah, it takes <laughs> a long time yeah, to, a mouse to get to through those belt colors, too. That's like a lot of work. It takes a long time. I feel like they give those belt colors out to anybody. Oh, and there were so many of them. There was yeah. like brown, purple, red, yellow. I was like, when do you get to the black? And they're like, there's 20 colors before you get there. <laughs> I was like, fuck this, I'm out. No, I just remember, yeah, I it, I, I wanted to learn karate because I... You wanted to learn karate? Yeah, because I didn't want... Because I was getting picked on also because of the way I looked with the vitiligo. And it was like, oh, I'm going to be like a badass. But then we just yeah. did like isometric fucking exercises and didn't actually learn any taekwondo. And I got bored. Yeah. Well, I figured out I could fuck people up regardless of karate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was like, I, don't, I guess I don't need it. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Oh, we didn't mention the big change to the All-Valley Tournament was that they added a skills competition. So, uh, oh, yeah. They did like weapon stuff. Yeah, they had. Uh, that was kind of cool, I guess. Breaking the boards and Nunchucks. the way they showed that they were not hitting the boards and losing. Uh, all very well done. I also liked how they built like that platform in his yard and they expanded the Miyagi dough and it was the drawings for Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, Eli came up with that. Yeah, that was great. And then the fucking platform was cool. The phone on there. Because you think they needed, they needed that. Because you, you think he grabs the, the sledgehammer and you're like, oh shit. He's going to smash stuff. He's going to oh, smash We didn't talk about the double knockout either. Oh my God. Yeah, wait, when? What episode? Who, I, I, who knocked him out? That was Rocky too. Yeah. They knock each yeah, other out. It was Rocky too. Who, knocked, who knocked each other out? I totally forgot about. What are this you talking part. about? You don't remember that? No, I was it when Danny who, and Johnny were fighting. When they fight, yeah, yeah they yeah, knock okay. each other out. They, at the state, I know. I remember you the, guys started talking about that thing that they built. I just thought about the double knockout. I remember knockout. the kick. They both jumped and kicked. They, they, and they, no, they knock out. each other yeah. out, and then they go to the. They look at the phone and they see the replay, and Johnny goes. Let's get another angle of that. And the guy goes, <laughs> like, there's no there other angle. Another angle. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see the other angle. There's, yeah. no other like, there's angle. one video. One phone. <laughs> that's, that was, that, see, that's where great. it's like cheesy funny, but it still works. Well, like, it, like you kind of, they built up to the fact that you want to see a rematch, but then right. it's, it's these two fucking 50 year old yeah, men fighting yeah, each other. Yeah. Guys are in their late fifties. This is not going to go well. <laughs> but it's funny. But it's great. And you want to see them. Yeah, yeah. you want to see hey, it. Look, listen, Frank Grillo's fifty, and oh, he perfect. can kick your ass. He's perfect age to <laughs> put in season four or five. I mean, five or six. I think he's probably older than that now, right? All right, let's finish up with some. What are we watching? I, Did you watch anything? I, in I watched one thing that was pretty good. Basically, after Spider Man No Way Home, I was craving. More Andrew Garfield and Garfield is having 
a phenomenal year. So I finally fired up on the Netflix Tick Tick Boom. Oh yeah, which is uh, Lin Manuel's directorial debut about the story of uh, songwriter, musical writer, composer Jonathan Larson. So Tick Tick Boom is an actual play by John Larson that he put off Broadway. The movie is this uh, adaptation of the play. But the play tells the story of him trying to write this musical a few years earlier, uh, the year he turns 30. Uh, And there's a bunch of musical numbers in it. And Garfield's actually singing. And it looks like he was playing piano and he's doing a little bit of dancing. He won a Golden Globe for this. Yes, he is really good. This is a really good movie. Like, I enjoy learning about these musicals. The tragic thing you also learn, I mean, this is, it's not a spoiler. It's out there. Jonathan Larson, after Tick, Tick, Boom wrote rent he died the day rent was going to open on broadway before he never saw it got to open he's 35 uh and dies before it opens but the movie is about him dealing with you know being an artist and also trying to be a, a, a boyfriend to his girlfriend and he has friends uh who are going down from the aids uh, epidemic and so he kind of and he's uh, he's trying to balance all this and it is it's a great story about what you do being a poor artist making art making it from your soul and even though no one's gonna see it you still make the thing so andrew garfield just won a golden globe for best actor did you know the golden globes were held last weekend not televised because they couldn't get any celebrities to show up it happened yesterday and they just announced the winners i think the globes are done i don't know uh it's kind of a joke award show anyways but I thought that was interesting. Globes. And we know Andrew Garfield is a great actor because he had to lie about not being in Spider-Man No Way Home so many times <laughs> over and over again. And people bought it, I think. Like, that's a good actor. He fucking pulled it off. Anthony sent this article. It was an interview with Andrew Garfield Ruggs. Did you read this article? Uh, no. It's good. There's, I learned one interesting thing. He improved the I Love You Guys line. In Spider-Man No Way Home. I knew that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Did you know he also snuck in with Tobey Maguire to a screening of the movie? I did uh, know that, yeah. yes. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, by the way, now the eighth biggest movie worldwide. It has crossed $1.5 billion mark. It is now the sixth highest grossing domestic movie. It just passed Titanic at $668 million. The next movie is Avengers Infinity War. Uh, and I think it just needs another like 10, 20 million to be in the top five highest grossing domestic movie ever. It's fucking wow. Fucking crazy. What's at the top? Avatar? Uh, Avatar, right? Uh, probably. No, I think it's Force Awakens at like 900 million. No, with the domestic, oh, domestic. opening. Let's see. It is it, everywhere. It says Star Wars. No, I think it's Star Wars Force Awakens. That made the most money of any movie domestically. Highest grossing films in the United States and Canada. It made $936 million was, yeah. domestically. Wow. Number two is Avengers Endgame. Wow. Uh, yeah, I remember Force Awakens was, was huge. Then Avatar, then Black Panther, then Infinity War, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. So No Way Home is at 668. Infinity War is at 678. It just needs like another 11. That's, on, that's just crazy. That's happening during COVID. During COVID without China. That's well, domestic nuts. doesn't that doesn't matter. Well, right, domestic. But, yeah, but one point five billion worldwide without yeah, China also. Huge. Uh it might hit two billion. I don't know. I think it could get it in the top five. China. 
Uh, Anthony, you watch anything? No. Trying to think. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, Rugs, what did you watch? I watched a bunch of movies. Um, I first movie I watched was a uh, Protege starring Maggie Q and uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton. Old ass Michael Keaton kicking ass in this. What is this about? Yeah, he's the so, protege. Um, so Sam Jackson, uh, he's he's a, a a killer. He's an assassin. He goes on this job and he goes to kill people and they're already dead. And he finds this young girl who had just killed everybody because they were going to rape her. And she got a hold of the gun and just went on a killing spree. Whoa. So he's like, all right, well, you seem like uh, the perfect person for me to train. So he becomes like her father and trains her to be like the ultimate assassin. And they work as a team. And, um, Anyhow, long story short, um, Samuel L. Jackson um, gets attacked, and she's now out for revenge looking for who did it. And um, Michael Keaton shows up as the as the assassin that's there to, like, kind of find out what the fuck's going on and to, like, kind of size her up. And um, they end up... Um, fighting a lot and actually then they end up having sex and uh so maggie q and michael keaton fuck wow yeah Good for- this is like fight scene where like they fight in an apartment and they're beating the shit out of each other and then they're like both like on top of each other and they're like breathing heavy and they're about to like either choke each other out or whatever and then they're like let's just have sex and fighting do fucking it. same energy <laughs> yeah. you know yeah because they're attracted to each other. They have this like the sexual chemistry. How is time. the action good? This is a Martin Campbell movie director. I th- I thought it was uh, he does he does uh, James Bond movies, right? He directed Casino Royale. He also directed uh Ryan Reynolds in The Green Lantern. Uh also. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. Uh I enjoyed it. it. I don't think it's like Red Notice. It's like kind of like Red Notice uh oh, okay. in terms okay. of like quality. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I think I liked it. I thought it was oh, fun. He directed Goldeneye as well in the nineties. I thought it was a fun movie. Right. If like, you know, I I don't know if it would have made any money. I don't think it would would have. Anyway, then I went and watched uh, a Netflix movie, which is Zone Four One Four. What is this one? This is. I think I don't even know if it's the right the right name, but I think that's as close as I can. No, remember. I think you're right. Zone Four Fourteen. Yeah. 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 Zone Four Four Fourteen. It's basically. Uh, budget Blade Runner. Okay, so um, Guy Pierce is in it, and he gets sent to a um, a zone that is uh, strictly androids, and it's in the future, but it doesn't seem like it's in the but it's in the future, and um, basically looking for a girl that's that went into the android zone. People go into the android zone to fuck androids, basically. Okay. Okay. Like Westworld. Yeah, or like, uh, West, yeah, AI like, too. They had those uh Yeah, so they go there, there's these androids that look just like humans. You can't tell at all until you like fucking chop them open and then you can see that they're that they're but there's a whole like fucking like zone where people go in and they fuck whatever they, they do whatever they want and then they come out and um no you know nobody's hurt, blah blah blah. And this girl like ends up going in there and some guy hires this guy to go look and find this girl and I guess the rest of the movie unfolds. Is it good? It, 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 um, it could have been great. <laughs> it just falls short. It feels like 
it feels like that there's like a whole movie missing, you know, like they just scratched the surface of this. Like it, it could be a cool as a series or something, but um, it didn't have enough budget and they kind of like, there wasn't even a mystery if the setup to be a mystery. And then there's like no mystery. Like the, the guy finds the girl dead in like five minutes. So like, okay. Movie's over. <laughs> yeah. Movie over. Like, okay, we figured it out. And then the last one is Spencer. And that is Kristen Stewart's playing lady die. Wow. Wow. And it supposedly has this like great director. I don't remember who Pablo did it. Lorraine. Yeah, and um, I had to turn it off about half oh, hour. Oh God! I heard she's <laughs> getting some Oscar buzz. For it was this. one of the most pretentiously fucking annoying films I've ever seen. Really? It's literally her, like, really like overacting, pretending to like. Um, the Crown has a woman that plays Diana yep, yep. and does it so much better. Yep, okay, and so like, she's trying to be Diana so bad that it comes off as like unnatural. And um, I don't for a second believe that she's the mother of these two kids. I don't like, I don't know who's nominating her for this. It's not that she was terrible. Her aunt, the English accent was perfect that she did and everything like that. But it's just her mannerisms were a little bit like it was too. It, it felt like, you know, it, it didn't embody. She's won a lot of uh, be- Princess best actress awards from a lot of these, uh, like the Chicago Indie Critics Award and and other. Uh, uh, yeah, I just couldn't even watch places. it. Huh. There was so much whisper acting. Oh yeah, that's annoying. Where like everything is in a whisper. <laughs> Kristen Stewart, <sighs> like she surprises me because I'll see her on an interview, like on a talk show, and she's boring as shit, and I'm like, really, this person? But then. She hosted Saturday Night Live, and I gotta tell you, it was all the sketches were really good. She surprised me. It was like a great episode. She was really funny, and I was like, oh. And so I heard. I think that she has talent. Yeah, it's definitely. Just, yeah, I just think that this one, for me, did not, not the work. best showcase of her talent. Other people loved it. Yeah. I did not. So uh, there you go. That's what I watched. And then the other thing is, I just I don't care about the royal family. I'm sorry, I can't. I know the crown is supposed to be really good, but I just don't give a shit about the fucking royals. You do learn a lot about the customs when you watch this movie. Okay. And it's kind of fucking freaky, but you know, like I'll give you one. So when they go to Christmas, you got to weigh yourself. Oh boy. And then when Christmas is over, you got to weigh yourself and you got to weigh at least three pounds more than you have to, you have to put on at least three, three to oh, four they pounds. Want really? you to fat, oh. They want to fatten you up. Yeah. Why? Weird. Before you leave. Or else what? What? That's happens? not even a challenge for me. No, that's like, that's I, easy. I do that every weekend. <laughs> I did that in yeah. this show. I gained three pounds while we I'll were sitting I go to here. Jersey Mike's no problem. and fucking I'm eat one, one giant sandwich and it's like five pounds. I eat brownies this whole time. I, you can, I got it. I can be a royal. No problem. <laughs> I like that custom. That is a good custom. <laughs> I like that one. Okay, well, let's uh last thing, couple of things coming out this week, just a couple of watch alerts. Superman and Lois is coming back. Uh it, cool. Uh this week it'll be Is that a good show? It is, it a, it is a good it. show. I'm excited for the return. Uh it's a great it's amazing Superman Clark trying to be a dad is really fun and they do a really good job. The show has a lot of heart. Not only the day this show posts, of course, there'll be a new Boba Fett episode three. Eternals comes out on Disney Plus the same day. 
So I still I haven't watched it. I might, I might rewatch I might, it. I, might that. I still haven't rewatched Shang Chi. I've been meaning to go and watch that again. I've seen it a couple and times. Then, oh, really? And then I want to watch Eternals again uh, once it comes out on Disney Plus. That'll be interesting to see what people think once more people maybe get to see it and maybe people's opinions change. But then the big thing, January thirteenth, the day after this show posts, Peacemaker debuts on HBO Max. Oh Deep shit! Boomer. First, uh, they're putting out three episodes. The first, so watch Peacemaker, day. right? We're gonna watch Peacemaker. This is what we'll do. We'll watch the first three episodes. We'll comment on it just briefly as we watch, and then maybe we'll review the whole season when it ends. Uh, I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. What do well, you think? You think that works? I, what I think what we'll do is we should do the first three, and then after the show's over, we'll decide if we want to keep reviewing it weekly or just wait till the end. Okay, I like that. We'll see how it goes. James Gunn also said, like, you don't necessarily have to watch Suicide Squad to understand this. They will fill everyone in. But they put out a new trailer, and I just love this comedy and James Gunn's sensibility, and it just it's getting some pretty good reviews. So I'm excited for this silly-ass Peacemaker. Can't wait to see it. So all that's happening. Should be good. Should be good. That's it for this week, everyone. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Oh, online. Okay. <laughs> or in I'm going or to that IRL. Zone. I'm going into that zone with all the androids to get oh, some you're going to Android four one four. Yeah. <laughs> but Getting some Android mind. strange. Is that what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, if you look there, <laughs> that's where I'll be. If but if not, I'll be on Twitter. Uh where I will I won't be on Getter. What's Getter? Because you hear about the whole Getter thing? No. Is that no, so like uh, everybody, all, all of the conservatives are going over to Getter because Twitter's banning people like, you know, for spreading misinformation about the virus. But every time I hear the word Getter, I just think about that toy, Getter Robo, that I had when I was a kid. Getter Robo and uh, the other. Uh, the, there's no, a- the, get, no, there's a real Getter Robo, Imran, not the one not, we're talking about. Not the about. one I made up, Ghetto Robo? No. Yeah. <laughs> Ramadan and Ghetto Robo, remember? They fight each yeah. other. Yes, we know. There, I, uh, there's a, a DJ called Getter, so that's the first thing I ah, thought of. DJ Getter. Oh. Getter done. No, it's not DJ Getter. You're, you're, that's so 80s of you. You don't it's put DJs Getter. in front of them. How do you know he's a DJ now? You got to have a DJ. No, you got to put MC in front of the rapper's name, and you put DJ in front of That's how you know. He's the All DJ. Right. I'm the rapper. Yeah. Well, I'm on Twitter, not Getter, okay. at Really Rugboy, so look for me there. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias. Check out the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash 417 for those links and how to sign up for Patreon, how to buy swag from our shop and get in touch, all that fun stuff on our website. Share the show, listener. Spread the geekery. Spread the jock and nerd uh, empire of stupidity. Thanks for listening this week. My name is Emron. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. I fucking loved it. I really don't give a shit. I stick it up my asshole. <laughs> <laughs>